I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Howdy, folks. I hope you're having a good day today. Let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If your son Darnie is diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also have a mission statement that I'd like to tell everyone about. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that many think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities do not want to be pitied. There is nothing to be sorry about. Now, I also have a couple of paid for the following. I want you to check out my new friends, Ruta Recommends LLC. They consult and educate. Dependra DeHaria and her husband specialize in research, statistics, data analysis, business analysis, writing, data entry, and coding and SPSS. Business and individuals can give us projects to conduct research and crunch numbers for them so they do not have to do that. We are a multilingual and can converse in Hindi, Gujarati, apart from English. We are based in Cincinnati, but our business is fully online, and we can help anyone anywhere in the world. Check them out. And the Monroe County area will be hosting a Battle of Lights competition this year for those interested in Christmas light displays, a special one we put on for our local children on the spectrum and children with disabilities. For more information, please call 812-381-3438. Let me hope I ignite a spark in everyone to compete. Thanks, Lexi, for your donation to Autism Rocks and Rolls. That is awesome. And I have some people to thank as well. My first thanks goes to Clubhouse that gave me advice on how to grow my podcast. I will follow your advice. There is more because I have to thank another Clubhouse I attended, but this one gave me monetization tips. I will also use your tips and tricks in the future. It is also necessary to recognize South Florida's speed networking company and Gabriel Medina. Thanks for organizing the event that I attended. In addition, I'd like to thank Bethany and her IU students for letting me speak to them. I also must thank Cam and Alex for buying a shirt for me. The best part is that we are in the process of becoming Bethany's vendor. This will definitely open doors for me in the public speaking field. Also, I'm on Pinterest now. Check it out. Our gala is now offering sponsorship opportunities. Let's all support Mike Cousin. Do our best to attend. Thanks to Dave for letting us use his building. You are amazing. Additionally, I must thank Blamely Teal and the MBX for first letting me network with them, but also for the summit where I soaked up information about my business. Speed networking was the highlight of the day, however. Thanks, Blamely. I can't wait to get my free presentations. Furthermore, I attended not one, but two meet-away small expos. Thanks again. Great connections remain. Angel She has been extremely helpful with the nonprofit. We are officially now a nonprofit business. We couldn't have done it without her. I greatly appreciate your assistance, Angel, as always. I was also on tons of podcasts. I was on Real Talk Entertainment with Jerry Crow, Ambiguous Podcast Solutions with Will Tarashuk, Autism in Action Podcast with Tasha Rollins, Listening with A.M. Maman, Rope of Hope Podcast with Kimberly Pleza, TBC Podcast with Aprana Suana, Millennial Wisdom Podcast with Jennifer Wisdom, and Apple of the Day Podcast with Jay Apple, and No Limits Podcast with Lisa Javuski. I enjoyed being on these podcasts. Make sure you listen to them all. And we'll be right back, but we're going to hear about Wellspring Pain Solutions first. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News, Sports, Talk, 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Pain Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Pain Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website, wellspringpainsolutions.com. You'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you. You'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services 
offered at Wellspring. When you're there, now the fun really begins. You'll find the link to Sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts, background information on his guests, as well as all the merch in his merchandise store. You'll be amazed. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. All we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls. All right, folks, everybody, don't you be too nervous to meet these fine people. Now, for today's episode, we're going to kick it right because we got to hear from a message from Mick Foley and C145, getting hardcore with Mick Foley for more information on him. But we're going to kick it off right and hear from him. So, Mick, take it away, my man. Hey, this is the hardcore legend, Mick Foley, and I have been on this program, Autism Rocks and Rolls, and it did rock and it did roll. And if I was you, I'd be listening to it as often as I can. Yeah. All right, thank you, Mick. Now, before you listen to this, though, if you want to listen to the first part of the WWE Special and C-154, the WWE Special Part 1, Reinventing the Raw Side of Autism for More Information, but you need to go listen to that first because you need to check it out because I'm moving along to the next topic. And the next topic, my friend, is Hell in a Cell. It is a professional wrestling match stipulation that is steel cage based. You are locked in a 5x5 side cubicle that is made with cage mesh and a chain link fencing. The cell closes the ring and the whole arena with the expectation of fans and the barricade. If you go in the cell, it will change you. Case in point, if you talk to Mick Foley, it changed him in ways he only knows. Jim Rotz once said there are no winners in hell in a cell, only survivors. According to CM Punk on WWE Countdown, he said people like to say it is the most demonic structure invented. If you're thinking about climbing out of the cage, you cannot because there's a steel roof on top of the structure cage. It gets worse for opponents because there are no disqualifications. According to Chris Jericho on Countdown, he practically said straight up, it hurts. If you do by chance get out of the cell, then you actually could fight anywhere on the cell and near the cell. According to Cody Rhodes on WWE Countdown, he said it was the most brutal match of his career. The nickname for Hell in a Cell is a Devil's Playground. The reason being is known as sinister as Satan would enjoy the pain. In the cell, you also must come to terms with the fact that anything can happen in the cell. This to me is autism because of my hellish journey. I was not always happy, but when I went through my transformation at C-104, making friends and getting that girl for more information, it definitely did change me because my hellish journey was not all sunshine. It was partially filled with, really, hell. I mean, I've had to deal with exclusion. I've had to deal with anxiety. I've had to deal with so many obstacles in my lifetime that, to me, it felt like I was sometimes in hell. Like Jim Ross said, though, with there only being survivors, well, I want to proclaim right now that I am one. I did survive hell because I went through it mentally. I went through torture. I went through pain. I went through agony of wondering if someone would be my friend or just be around me. And not knowing that, it stung. And it sometimes still stings me to this day because I question it every day. And I know that I do now, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, I'm told that I do. That I'm not shown yet. But I can today say that I have survived hell in a cell mentally because I know that people are telling me. And when you tell me, I will definitely say it makes me feel better. And you're taking it one step at a time by showing me that, hey, they see that I survived hell too. The next thing I talk about is a big man wrestler. A big man wrestler is a wrestler that is huge and over like five feet tall. If you are a big man WWE you have an advantage because your size can be an advantage over your opponents. If you want to be a considered a big man, then according to Cody Rhodes on WWE Countdown, then it is not really about much weight, but more about height and the way you wrestle. We have to describe it as a smashing style type of wrestling. 
Another way to be considered a big man is to have strength. There is a disadvantage of being a big boy because you are a huge target in certain matches and in the wrestling world because A wants to take a giant down. The pioneers of big men were Haystacks Calhoun and Gorilla Monsoon. WWE has come a long way with the big men. The cool thing to me is when a big man wrestles like a smaller person in order to keep up with the pace. And according to Kofi Kingston on WWE Countdown, if you are a big man, you have the advantage to do whatever you want. And sometimes they even give you what you want because they are afraid of you due to your humongous size. And this is autism because people, it's pretty simple. People are afraid of us. And that is a big misconception. And we need to come together and change that. According to Dirty Countdown, the top 10 big men are Earthquake. According to Kofi Kingston, Dirty Countdown, he was born 11 pounds and 3 ounces. The sad part was, though, according to Jimmy Hart on Dirty Countdown, he was sadly sensitive about it until Hart told him that that is a gift you have for this sport. He was so in his character that during interviews, he would move back and forth as he thought there was an earthquake in his head 24-7. Also, his earthquake splash was impressive as it had a real setup with the tremors as he would jump and the tremors mean he would jump around his opponent and basically his opponent would basically move like like move around like jello really and then he would run to his right and bounce off the ropes then run past the opponent and bounce off the ropes again and then jump seated first while the receiver is laying on his back and then he would land on you he definitely stands up because he is the only big man to put Hulk Hogan out of action for an extended amount of time Although he did not look like an athlete, you changed your mind after you saw him in the ring. I believe that Earthquake made up for who he was outside the ring from his inside of persona because according to Jimmy Hart on WWE Countdown, in real life, he was a great guy. This to me shows autism because of the judginess that goes around. No one sees Aspies or someone with a disability as talent. So if you do not believe Earthquake was an athlete or a great person, then let us show you and other people what we are missing out because we do have great talents we really really do it's just that society doesn't see these talents as relevant or something you can do with them all they see is trivial and irrelevant to society and it's irrelevant to them because they think nothing you can do with that talent will be beneficial to the world and that is wrong because everyone does have talents and anyone can contribute to society with their benefits in a way that maybe is a little odd but who cares they can contribute, and that's all that matters to me. The next big man is King Kong Buddy. First of all, he's one of the best big man heels in the WWE because he looked mean and nasty. His neck when he was living was huge and thick. According to Kofi Kingston in WWE Countdown, his outfit was basically just a black singlet and boots. That way he could focus on his size. Case in point were his legs because they looked like trees. He also had the avalanche move in his arsenal. The avalanche was where he ran and crushed you in the corner. Also, the three count was not enough. Instead, he won the five count. Bundy also made an appearance on Married with Children. Bundy also had a record where he beat Special Delivery Jones, or SD Jones, in 1985 at just nine seconds. He also made a pay-per-view in 1986. The funny part was he crushed a midget wrestler at a pay-per-view in 1987. Bundy can represent autism because of his five count. When he did that, he was trying to make a statement. That is us because, as I said in the previous episode, I feel like people do not see we are here. I think when someone sees that and Aspie is here, it is great, but it's not enough. Now that you said that, let's test to see if you're telling the truth by showing me. What I mean by this is, when you acknowledge us and when you see that we're here, good job. I mean, that's a great first step. I mean, bravo, I'll give you that. But we don't believe you 100%. You have to show me that you see that I'm here. You have to show me by saying, oh, look, let's talk to him. Or, hey, you know, he's kind of lonely. Let's go visit him. You have to show that you care. 
And a way of showing that you care is by saying it first. That's a good first step. But now show it. Back it up with your evidence by allowing me to come in whenever I can. And the next one is Bam Bam Bigelow. Although he did not have the height and he was not the tallest, he had the name and the wit to show his agility. He also looked scary because according to Natalia on WWE Countdown, he says she was at the grocery store and saw him. She would do her best to avoid Bigelow. What made him scary was his head tattoo. For his size, he was extremely agile and had a beautiful cartwheel. According to Bo Dallas on WWE Countdown, he said that he knew like he was 150 pounds. Personally, I think he was in the wrong era because if he was wrestling today, he would be making money every hour. This to me is on the spectrum because of our what I call focusing agility. We actually like Bigelow have agility, but it is not where we do like flips and cartwheels. Instead, it is where we hyper focus that there is nothing else going on in the world. It is an agility because just like when someone lands, we eventually land. And when we do, it is an accomplishment. We focus on something until it's done and we will not stop. The way we stop is getting it done. No matter how long it takes, no matter how long it is, no matter the day, the year, the time, we get it done. And that's a fact. I mean, we're not going to change that. But I promise you, it also shows our best punctuality skills because you can definitely trust us. And as Roman's Reigns would say, you can definitely believe that. The next person is Psycho Sid. This is my apology to Psycho Sid from last episode. Because although your promos need improvement, buddy, you knew how to beat someone up. Like Bigelow, he was scary. But unlike Bigelow, he was a psychopath and was 6 feet 9 inches. He also played the character well because his teeth were always grinding and his eyes were always open. It even looked like he was angry 24-7. When his music hit, which is the first video below, people loved him and he had a special place for the audience and you wouldn't think that. And in my opinion, he always was intense. To me, even though all big men use power bombs, Sid used it the most effectively. He even may invented two big pay-per-views. This is autism because of the reactions we get. If you look at the second video below, this is Sid's reaction, which is all cheers like, Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Go! Woo! And then, sadly, the third video is the only sound I hear, which is, Boo! Ooh! Boo! You suck! Boo! Ooh! While this is sad, I know it can never go away. It is a part of me, and it cannot go away. I know I bet some have the same reaction with me as Sid, and I cannot see what your true thoughts are or when they say what's behind closed doors. So when I officially accepted my reaction, though, with the booze, it oddly felt good because I felt better, and a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. When I accepted that reaction of hearing the boo, I felt relieved in a way because I got used to it. And I know it is sad, but it felt better because I know what to expect now. You know, if I come around, I... Don't expect booze. To me, that just doesn't sound right. But if I expect it, I know. And you might as well have a little fun. So why not embrace the booze or embrace the stigma a little bit in order to conquer the stigma? So when you get on its side, it will kind of fall for it. Because if you can't beat them, join them. Once it's the right time, you screw them or screw the stigma in that case. The next big man on the list is Kevin Nash. Probably the coolest big guy in WWE. Some of you wanted to beat him. Now, we need to go back to his first run in WCW. His first run in WCW did not go too well because he was given characters that did not work. They were Oz, which, like Kevin Nash said, was stupid, and I can agree with him on that, and Vinny Vegas, which I like personally. I like the character because I watched it a little bit, but I think personally it was just given to the wrong person because, believe me, I think I could be Vinny Vegas. 
When he debuted in the WWF in 1993, though, people were impressed and curious by him. Like Bunny, he also had a record because he beat Bob Backlund in 12 seconds for the championship. Then when he famously or infamously transferred to WCW, he was revolutionary because he was part of the famous NWO. He was also agile like Bigelow. And like Sid, he had a powerbomb, but he had the jackknife powerbomb where he would just drop you. Throughout his career, though, he kept himself relevant. Case in point, he was Super Shredder in the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he was also in Magic Mike. According to Booker T on WD Countdown, he drew revenue in this business. This is often because like Nash, we also keep moving forward. I do not believe the word retire or the phrase sitting on the couch exists for us. Most athletes like to go out and do something, whether it is small or big. To me, I feel like I always have to do something because I can't sit around and not do anything because that's not doing anything and not making life the most of it. So to me, the way to make life is to work, 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 get in the body, do the work, 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 and do what you can in order to live. And that includes doing jobs to feeling the sets of accomplishments every darn time. And that's what it includes. The next big man is Vader. He is a big man because he weighed at 400 pounds. Vader had on this mask that made his jowls mesh, which made him scary looking. In his early WCW days, he even wore a cool agent-inspired mask. I do not like his vignette due to its coriness. What is cool to me, though, was Vader was the first man to do a full moonsault, which is basically a full backflip. And I won't lie, to me it wasn't the most gracious, but he did a full flip. Check out the third video below to see in the impressive moonsault or as he called it, a Vader salt. People were afraid of what he was going to do to them. This is not autism, but to those who are sensitive to their weight. Because I just want to say that you are beautiful people, and your weight does not have to hold you back. I believe that there can be hard aspects to your weight, but you can still live regardless of your size and weight. I mean, your weight is not going to hold you down. I mean, typically it might hold your limits, but guess what? You're the one who can pull those limits. If you want to try a backflip, heck, do it. I don't see why you can't if Vader did it. I mean, you're the only one who puts limits on yourself. So if you think your height can be used as an excuse, you'd be widely mistaken because you can still move around like every other person in society. The next person is Yokozuna. He was over 600 pounds. He is also one of my favorites, believe it or not. What was impressive to me was he was 600 pounds, yet he moved like a car with no brakes. According to Kofi Kingston on WWE Countdown, he was all masked because it seemed like when he was wearing his pants that his thighs were about ready to explode. His finisher, the bonsai drop, was also scary because when he stood on the middle rope and jumped down and basically sat on your chest, I thought the receiver got crushed. He even added the evil Mr. Fuji as his manager. You as a fan were wondering who was going to stop him. However, like Earthquake, he was going to—he made it up. For who he was outside the ring, because according to Gene Okerlund on WWE Countdown, he would chat with them at a restaurant and inhale the food. This is autism because of our attachment to our family. Because when we are young, we can sometimes be overly attached. What I mean by this is he was part of a famous family, and he was probably attached to him because he would come home, and like him, he was attached to wrestling. So to me, I think we can be overly attached to something too, like our family, a friend. And sometimes society calls it an obsession, but people need to understand that we're just tapping into our future skills and practicing what we want to do. And we're just ahead of the game, if you honestly really think about it. The next big man is Big Show, or by his nickname, the world's largest athlete. In his early days, he was over seven feet tall, but moved like a cat. He was an immediate success because of his first match, he beat Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. 
After that, he then went to WWE because those who have not heard of him wasn't on when he tore through the ring and made his debut. His agility is also amazing. I would describe it as Vader on steroids. Even his WMD or KO punch is scary because it's a scary sight to see when he clenches his fists and snarls his teeth. It hurts is because his hands are huge. According to Bo Dallas on WWE Countdown, when he got punched, his face was swollen, but not just his cheek. His sole side of the face was for two weeks where he got punched. I think show can be represented with autism because of the KO punch. When we have moments that make us feel like knocked out, we get hit with a ton of bricks is what it feels like. And just at the end of the day are really knocked out due to the situation. When there's something bad going on, something bad happened, we feel knocked out. And it's hard for us to move on because we want to go back in time and make it right. We really, really, really do. But I know sometimes we can't do that. So, yes, we do have to move on, but for us guys and parents, it's going to take time. That's all I can tell you. Maybe a lot of more time if you know what I'm saying. The next big man is The Undertaker. When he debuted in 1990, he was over 300 pounds, and when he debuted, he changed the landscape. He did not have agility, but was definitely athletic because he did things a man his size should not be able to do. He did this until this year, so he evolved really every year. The response was amazing from the audience when he made his ring entrance because it in the previous episode, I'll spoil this, it was a number one ring entrance of all time. But this is so on a spectrum because we also can change the landscape with our motivation. We are so motivated, as I mentioned earlier, that we not only do it, but we do it better. And we do it the hard way to show why we want to be here just like The Undertaker did. We want to be here. We want to be here. We want to live. We want to like be at the job and do it better. I've always hated the phrase... Work smarter, not harder, because the smarter way to me is the easy way out. If you do it harder, it shows something. It shows that you care, and it shows that you want to be here even more, and it also shows that you're a hard worker, obviously, but it also shows that you are growing as a person, and it's showing that the impossible for you is not in the dictionary. The final big man that I got to mention is number one is Andre the Giant. He was no doubt an attraction. He was the biggest and it was like a giant coming from a fairy tale. He was also imposing and athletic. Andre went from being a territory star to the first giant really of sports entertainment. Andre also had the biggest hands and feet. According to Andre the Giant, he said himself his shoe size was 22E. Andre the Giant was unbeaten for 15 years. When he went heel, people really did not know anyone could beat him. And someone did, though, which was obviously you-know-who if you're a wrestling fan. But anyway, Andre also made an appearance in commercials and also was in the movie The Princess Bride. And outsidering Andre was a wonderful person, but you had to win him over. This is not really autism, but how I am. I am like Andre. I will treat you nice and do all the right things, and I will be a gracious person to you. But respect, well... That's a different ballgame because that is something you must earn from me. And like Andre, you have to win me over. It's not easy to win me over, though. I'll be honest with you because you got to show me respect. You got to show me that we're going to have great chemistry. Show me a variety of actions that show friendship. And But when you show it, you are became one of our saviors in our life because now you're showing us that you care about us and... When you show it, it does feel weird, but it's definitely showing that our lives are changing and our lives are turning around. The next thing I want to talk about from professional wrestling is the general manager. It is a job where you are the boss below the McMahons. It is an endless and difficult job. It is a necessary job that sometimes changes the way 
WWE roles. Sometimes you may not make the best decisions or you do, but someone will always not be happy that you are in office. When you're the GM, you have to make sure everything and everybody is in line, but also the roster has to be taken care of. And the one big thing is you cannot screw up. Or as Vince McMahon would say, you're fired. As GM, you can play favorites and give your friends jobs and even sometimes championship opportunities. You could do what you want, but you have to really focus on the fans. It is best to treat your GM with respect because they dictate what you do. And if you do not, there are consequences. To me, this is autism for two reasons. One, I want to tell Aspies that there are certain people you have to respect, and one of them is your boss. Whether you like him or not, it is best to get along because if you do not, tension rises, and when it escalates, you're pretty much done. The second thing is fairness. I hate to tell you this, but life is sometimes unfair, and it is best to move on. If you hold a grudge, it will truly not get you anywhere. If you hold the grudge against the boss or against anything, it's not good for you. It's not showing that you're a bigger person. You're kind of crying about it and whining. I mean, I can get some stuff are worth crying and whining about, but there are stuff they are not. And sometimes we tend to be drama queens, queens and overreact to every little detail that went wrong. So it's best to really let some stuff go because you don't want to be the guy being the angry person over something really small because you're going to get looks. And to me, it's not worth getting mad about sometimes the next thing i want to talk about with wwe is a high flyer this is a type of wrestler where they do aerial moves and really fly it is impressive because humans were not meant to fly according to alicia fox on WWE countdown people love it because of the bravery and the showmanship in the move high flyers are innovative and do moves that you have never seen while the big men are something special we cannot have too much big men in the world we need to spice it up sometimes the credit goes to the WCW Cruiserweights for introducing the Lucha Libre and high-flying style. In a way, flying was their only way to become larger than life since they lacked the physicality of a larger-than-life person. Like the big men, they have evolved too. Although you may not do it, you must admit, it is pretty cool to watch. It can be described as watching a car wreck. This is so on a spectrum because I think our minds, it is sometimes like a car wreck because of the way we process. And parents, you need to understand that it is okay to have a car wreck brain with the requirement that no one is getting hurt. I mean, we truly, 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 and I mean truly, think differently. And sometimes it is a big car crash to where everything's on fire, and to you, if you saw it, it would be a disaster. But to us, that car crash is actually being helpful because we are thinking the way we choose. We are thinking the way we understand. And sometimes we think the way better than you because of that one car crash and if it does crash and it's not going smoothly then yeah we might need some help but if it's a smooth car crash in our head and it's working why stop if it's getting something done now according to your countdown the top 10 high flyers are versus seth rollins or number 10 is seth rollins i should say when he was in the shield according to seth rollins on countdown he is not afraid of the top rope and he said himself he will jump off anything he can find the reason he was like this was because he came from watching the ECW generation and they jumped off things. His offense is described as controlled chaos and it is chaos if you're his opponent because Rollins is in control and it feels like to you like you can't do anything. His high flying moment was at a pay-per-view in 2014 where he jumped off the audience stands. However, on Raw June 2nd, 2014, he betrayed the shield and changed his style a bit where he could still fly a bit but was more technical. There is some debate that 
if he should even be on this list. This is autism because of our controlled chaos. And see 111 pinball action for more information. But when we see controlled chaos, it is sometimes the best environment for an autistic person. Controlled chaos for us is the best environment because we're in control. And yeah, for me, it's controlled, but it's also chaotic because there's going this, there's going here, we're going here, we're going up, down, left, right, right, down, up, left. I mean, there's so many directions and ways that it goes and it's chaos to us, but do you know who's the boss? It's us. And when we're in control and sometimes are being control freaks to us, it's helpful. I mean, I know that I have a family member, you know who you are, and yeah, he's a control freak, but I could kind of, you know, even though I make fun of him for it a little bit, I can almost kind of respect it because it's chaos. I mean, it makes you controlled. I mean, it makes you have a bubble in you, but you also have the freedom to move around. And when that freedom is available to us, we're definitely going to take it because it makes us feel more relaxed and at ease. The next greatest high flyer is Ricky Steamboat. According to Dean Ambrose on Countdown, he's saying Steamboat's generation, it was matches where they were slow and had moves that could be plotted. They were like, Arr. Like, had the dramatic effect, but Ricky Steamboat was different. He was just go, 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 go. And Steamboat could be described as a generator. Plus, his timing skills were pitch perfect because he knew when to use that certain move. I've also seen many diving cross bodies in WWE, but none beat Steamboats. Look at the fourth video below and start at 1 minute 47 seconds to see his beautiful diving cross body. Steamboat also had a beautiful arm drag. According to Ricky Steamo on WWE Countdown, he found a way to learn that when an opponent is higher than you, that he found a way where they both can float over. The coolest part about him for me was he did karate and incorporated the karate in his matches. He even got into his character so much that he dressed like a dragon. His high point was at a pay-per-view in 1987 where Steamboat won a championship. He even returned to wrestle at a pay-per-view in 29 and came out the star that night. He came back when he was in his 50s. To me, this is autism because of my karate experience. And C129, a black belt's dream for more information, but I would highly recommend Taekwondo for an Aspie or anyone. The reason being is it makes you a better person because it's going to show you self-confidence. It's going to teach you respect. It's going to show what the meaning of life is kind of in a way. It's not all about kicking, punching, and kicking some butt. I mean, it's about earning the privilege. It's about showing character as well. It's about challenging yourself. There's so much elements to Taekwondo that can help a person grow whether you need it or not. The next person is Sabu. He's probably the craziest high flyer on this list. He had a look that was appealing to the audience and made you want to know who this person is. He came out as if he was Hannibal Lecter and wore genie pants. He loved every time he got a new scar or wounded. He treated it as if it was like a new badge or trophy. Sabu is also one of the pioneers of tables. Funny thing is, is he made it half the time and messed up. He did some dangerous moves, one of them being a triple jump moonsault. He likes to crash and burn, I think, sometimes. This is not autism, but me, because while Sabu has physical scars, I have mental scars that have not stopped bleeding. If you have a mental scar, then I say personally, let it bleed. But a way of coping is, in my opinion, to help others who have mental scars. I have had tons and tons and tons of scars down my arms, legs, and head even for the hurtful comments. I mean, you can't see them, but believe me, if I could tell you that they're there, believe me, they are there. And some of them, they're still bleeding. I can't let go of the grudge that I hold every day sometimes because they bleed so much to the point where I'm so mad at the fact that I had to hear it. But honestly, letting it the blood drain and letting the blood come out, it's making me more helpful because while I'm 
get more mad some days, I get less and less and less grudgy and even less sometimes hold grudges. And I feel like I'm going down the path more when it bleeds out of forgiveness. And I haven't gotten there yet because I just said before, I forgive, but I don't forget. I'm hoping to the point it will bleed out to where sometimes I will forget, but I don't know if that will happen. But I'll tell you, it hasn't happened today. The next high flyer is Eddie Guerrero. According to Big Sean, WWE Countdown, he said that Eddie knew what he brought to the table. His career began in ECW and carried it with him in the WCW Cruiserweight division. It was really natural for him to be in the ring because he was a third generation superstar. He was the master of a frog splash. Although he adapted it from Art Bar, I think he was the master. According to John Cena on Countdown, you had to be at your best with Eddie. And if you were not, then you were screwed, basically. He also was impressive because he beat Brock Lesnar at a pay-per-view in 2004. He also had an emotional connection with the because he did not care whether he being cheered or booed. He loved this business. This is so on the spectrum because being natural at something we love is an Aspie's ultimate goal. We want to be the best at what we have and do. I have not gotten there yet. I know I will at some point, but now it is your turn to set the goal of being natural at something. You know, I'm not natural at podcasting. I'm still learning. I'm a lifelong learner, man. That's how I've always been. But, you know, I'm hoping to get one day where I know the media ropes. I've learned the authentic and the proper way through experiences and through different methods of teaching. But whatever your goal is, I hope you get to the point where it is natural and you know what you're doing in your sleep. The next high flyer on the list is Jimmy Snuka. People loved him. In his prime, he was not only at high flying, but was also a ruthless wrestler. He's a heavyweight, so instead of Big Show being a cat, it's like Jimmy Snuka being a big pit bull. According to Jimmy Snuka on WWE Countdown, a fun thing he did from his hometown his childhood was cliff diving. He took that to the WWF. He meant business because Snooka was a Samoan wrestler who wrestled in those shoes. His moment was when Jimmy Snooka jumped off the steel cage and hit a superfly splash on Don Morocco in 1982. No matter how much time passed, it is still an iconic moment. And Snooka has influenced many of the high flyers. This is autism, actually, because of the cliff diving. Because, let's be honest, cliff diving is an adventure. And I want to do that. So, to me, this shows the adventurous side of autism because... You start from a little kid, and you probably wonder why the little kids roam. They're curious. They want an adventure. Well, that's me. I want an adventure, too, so I can actually understand why kids sometimes roam. They want to see something new and different. They don't want to be stuck in the same old place 24-7. But we have the ability not only to go on, like, physical life adventures, and which includes skydiving and many other sorts of adventures, we also have the ability to go on certain adventures that sometimes... They are life adventures, and that journey can be a week to a year or however long it takes. I'm taking a journey right now on becoming an adult. I don't know how long that's going to take. It's a certain life journey, though, that I'm still applying to, and I know we'll go there and finally reach the end goal and finish the journey and get to the island of adulthood, and I cannot wait to get there to earn and get more opportunities that I have not received yet and to learn other stuff that maybe I haven't learned when I was a kid or a teenager. The next high flyer in the list is Rob Van Dam. According to Josh Matthews on Duty Countdown, he stated, it seems like RVD has never had a bad day in his life. RVD's character is pretty cool and chill. He was also a pioneer of the ECW division. According to Dean Ambrose on Duty Countdown, he can be described as a wrestler who makes everyone gasp. You always get a great match though with RVD. When he first came here, he had no physique. When it was a giant's world and giant business really with giants. So he had to stand out by flying. 
He also had a five-star frog splash where it hurt, actually, hurt him more than the receiver, and it hurt both competitors, the receiver and RVD. It looked like it really did hurt. If you take a look at the fifth and sixth video below, you will see his other two cool moves, which were the Van Daminator and the Van Terminator. When he returned in 2013, he still had it in him. The fans always get excited and happy to see him because they know he will put on the best show for them. This is not autism, but a life belief mine, and that is high risk does equal high reward. It did for RD, and I think if it worked for him, it will work for you. You may have to do the high risk, the high reward method to achieve the unimaginable. Because no matter what happens, anything is possible in life. And sometimes you have to do the high risk, high reward. That may include going on a program, going on, going somewhere to the point where you're uncomfortable to get to where you need to do. Because not all life is all happy pellets of roses. It's not that. It will never be that. And in this case with RVD, sometimes it's a high risk that you have to do. But think about it this way. If you accomplish that high risk, the end of the tunnel is a lot closer to where you started. The next high flyer is John Morrison, by, or by his nickname, the Prince of Parkour. He's an amazing athlete through his WWE run. According to Joey Styles on WWE Countdown, it was a ripoff of Jim Morrison. All the girls would love him, and he knew that. His ring entrance was awesome because he had the slow-mo wind effect. What made him stood out was his parkour, and he used it in his matches. Also, his starship pain was pretty to watch. Look at the sent video below to watch the move. And personally, I would have changed the move and not name it Starship Pain. To me, I would have named it the Tornado Twister because it looked like a tornado and he kept twisting. So to me, it made more sense with that name. But anyway, his matches took place everywhere and anywhere he could think of. With Morrison, you could really expect the unexpected. This is so unexpected because, unlike Morrison, I cannot expect the unexpected. While I enjoy surprises sometimes, it makes me comfortable to know what is happening. And C-106 daily changes more information on that, but I feel more comfortable knowing what's happening around me, knowing what is going around, what the reason is, why we're here. I mean, I just feel comfortable with asking all these possible irrelevant and relevant questions to know that I am safe and I feel secure around my area right now. The next high flyer on the list is Lita. She stood out because she flew, but was also hardcore. She had no fear of taking crazy bumps or falls. Also, she was hot, and at the same time, she went to the top. It is cool to see when Lita head scissors someone, she showed that women can fly like the men, but she made it her own style. This is somebody who has autism because although Lita, Lita's hot and awesome, to me, if she was an average person, I might be a bit wary of her because she looks dangerous, and Nazis have an issue with character judging. It's all I also have an issue with not only being judged, but judging someone as well, because I cannot tell the difference between a dangerous person and a safe person. To me, everyone is the same. So it really is a challenge to tell when someone is playing with us or someone is fiddling with our emotions. And when we get fiddled with, it is a hard thing to see, and it's a hard thing to witness. And it's also hard for me to see it when I know it's happening. I mean, I'm kind of dealing with it right now, and it's hard for me to watch, but I've learned to cope with it. But yes, we have a hard time judging someone due to them possibly either being nice or mean, and we have to either be too safe or not be safe at all and too overhyped about it, I guess is the way to put it. So I really, we had to pick the battle being either too safe or be careful in order to solve the problem. That's the way fellow Aspies really need to solve it is pick. Be too safe and be too careful or be too nice about it and be too fun and not care about it, but also know the consequences.
The next character is Jeff Hardy. He was a daredevil and had no fear, but he was relatable. Everyone thought he was so cool. It was loud every time he entered an arena. He was in his whole world, but he let you in, sort of. He also paints his face, and then there is rock music for his entrance, and he had a really cool dance. His finisher was a swanton bomb. was amazing because he would always flip at the last second. Like McFoley, he took his own bumps. This, to me, describes a rock star, and to me, an Aspie might lean toward that type of music because it has anger. And I know I'm a happy person, but you know, I have hidden anger. And to me, rock music is a source to let out because I can scream and say, these people use me. Hey, ah, why, why am I used? You know, if I can scream that and let that out and finally feel relieved and just let that anger out. I mean, I feel so much better because now I've let out. I haven't said like, hey, you use me. I haven't said that to him, but now I can say, hey, you know, you use me. I let my anger out on you. I can move on. So to me, that's why I think personally, Aspies will lean toward rock music because it can finally relieve them their anger of being used and the other daily challenges that we have to overcome every day. The final high flyer in this countdown is Rey Mysterio, and he's the biggest one of all, or in this case, the shortest of all, no offense, Rey Mysterio. He is described as the biggest little man in WWE. He can land and hit anywhere and anything. Mysterio is a superhero character come to life. According to Rey Mysterio on Countdown, he said he has to battle underneath. He fought his butt off when he was in WCW and now is in the WWE. He knew his skills and was really the king of the sky. His 619 and West Coast pop is awesome. Mysterio has a huge connection with the audience. Mysterio can be related to autism because like him, we have to battle underneath. Sometimes we have to start over or we have to keep fighting and not stop until the end goal finally gets achieved. As I said earlier, we might have to battle and keep battling, but we have to may take a different route to battle. We have to go underneath the hole and honestly fight so hard and harder and harder till the goal gets achieved. And I said, no matter how long it takes or weeks, that is true. I mean, we will do go under and dig the mine no matter how long. We'll take a different route and go dig a different way. But guess what? We're going to reach the end goal, period. No one's stopping us. Good luck trying. The next thing I want to talk about is the ring gear. It is the attire of the wrestler. Ring gear is important because it shows the audience who you are and who you're going to be. When they get one look at you, they can tell if you're going to be successful in the wrestling business with that one element. If you not get a microphone, then your gear is kind of another way you can connect with the fans. It can even become a signature to your character. It is everything to a WWE gear because it is what you wear on a daily basis. It can help or break it. This is so special because comfort is truly the key to an Aspie's life in C-123 sensitive feelings for more information, but comfort helps me. I cannot stand certain clothes, and this is not a battle that anyone should have to fight over. I mean, for an Aspie, you're not winning this battle, parents. I mean, we will not wear clothes that are uncomfortable for us for our reason. And parents, I believe that this is a battle that you shouldn't have to fight. There are other ways we can wear. I mean, yeah, I know we have to wear like some type of clothing that covers our area and some of our legs, but there are things we can wear. If it's not pants, it might be khakis. If it's not pants, it might be shorts. If it's not shorts, it might be pants. You see what I mean? There are substitutes. There are other things you can wear. And if you have to wear it and you tried everything, then make some clothes that make us will feel comfortable. Talk to the child. They know what they want and they know what they can wear. They know their own limits and they know what will make them comfortable so that they don't have to feel like they're being tortured in their own sense of way that makes them feel irritable. 
The next thing I want to talk about is a WWE pay-per-view. It is a pay-per-view televised event that you must pay to watch, and it's all WWE. Typically, they are three hours long. This is so on the spectrum because of the three hours length. Usually, Aspies do not like to watch television for more than an hour unless it is something I like. You know, I have an issue. I don't like, I'm not a big movie junkie. I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest movie junkie. Because I cannot watch television more than, like, an hour. To me, that's my limits because I'm ready to do something else. You know, I like television. I'm not going to say, television sucks. Boo, television. That's not how I am. But I cannot watch a movie for three hours and stare at it and not get bored eventually. I think it's because eventually I want the movie to get to the point. And to me, a television show gets to the point. But maybe it's the other way around. Maybe some Aspies like the suspense of waiting to know what's going on. But to me, I can't handle that. To me, a TV show gets to the point. Bada bing, bada boom. You're there. Good job. Let's move on to the next episode. That's why I'm a big TV guy. But I can see why someone else likes movies or an Aspie likes movies better. It's because they want the suspense. They want to wait because it's probably worth the wait. But for me, I'll be honest, it's not worth the wait. But hey, if it's worth the wait for you, and that's okay too. We're happy either way, I think. There are also many pay-per-views in the world wrestling entertainment business. Some of those are King of the Ring. It features the King of the Ring tournament. Only the King of the Ring tournament is a single elimination tournament where the two last finals clash, and whoever wins is declared King of the Ring. This is all displeased because what you do not see is the fact that we are kings and queens. If it's not because of our hardships, I think we can make a case where we possibly seen as kings and queens of inspiring others. We are the kings of what we're good at, in my opinion, because we care. We come back for seconds, I guess. Like, we have the extra careness. And when you have that extra careness, to me, that shows that you are the king and the queen of whatever you are good at. Whether that be the king of speaking, the king of pinball, king of fishing. I don't know what that details. But whatever you are, you make the most out of it so you can become the king of what you're good at. Or the queen of what you're good at, too. The next one is Cyber Sunday. Fans are able to vote on matches and opponents along with stipulation. This shows autism because this event makes everyone feel like they have a voice. And to me, Aspies do not sometimes have the voice. And I do not see, honestly, why we cannot be treated like we are at the WWE Cyber Sunday pay-per-view because they all have a voice. Why can't we all have a voice each day? Why can't we be voting for something? Why can't we have a say in something and really just have the say to make us know that we're being heard? If we're being heard, that's the best part. I mean, if you don't agree, we respect your decision. But if we're being heard, that makes us feel more comfortable and happy to know that someone is at least listening to us which is a rare thing for a lot of Aspies. Next one is breaking point. Most matches are breaking point types, like where they have to tap out or something in a submission. This is someone on the spectrum because we sometimes have easier breaking points than others. I have my easier breaking points. I have an easier breaking point with electronics because if I don't believe an electronic is working, then you should not be able to use it because there are other things you can use, or at least in my house there is. And parents, I think you need to do your best to extend their breaking points. I mean... Yes, Aspies might have anger issues or anger, but it's hard for us to control it. So parents, we really need to show you how you, how we can extend our breaking points. You know, I need help getting my breaking point extended with the electronics. There are probably some parents in the world who need to show their children how to extend their breaking points so they could save themselves and say the child from getting angry too quickly where it becomes a just a disastrous place and a hostile attitude in your home. And I don't think anyone wants that. So I encourage the parents to show how to extend the breaking point and how to extend it the right way. So maybe we don't get angry as much as we could. We could change it from a then to a now. 
The next one is the Fatal 4-Way. Most matches have four competitors involved in the match at the pay-per-view. This is someone on the spectrum because the number four to us is the deadly number in this case because four is a limit for me when it comes to working with people. Unless it's with people I know, well, then it's a different story. But I and other Aspies might agree we really cannot work with four or more people. It's not you, it's me, and as I said earlier, it's circumstantial. The number four to us is a deadly number because when you add four into a group with us, it's overwhelming. We want to hear all your thoughts, but if it's four, it's likely the other people's thoughts are going to get heard more than us. So it's really one, two people need to work with us so that everyone can be heard. When it's four, it just goes chaotic for us and it's too overwhelming. So really, teachers and parents, we really need to work with three or less people so that everyone can be heard and we feel more comfortable that, hey, at least we know we'll be talked to by someone. The next one is the Knight and Clash of Champions. They kind of changed the names to Knight and Clash. It kind of went back and forth. So it's really Knight of Champions and can be called Clash of Champions. But anyway, this is a pay-per-view where every championship must be defended. This is an acid because of the word defend. We have no fear of defending ourselves and who we are. Anyone who does not agree, I dare you to step forward and test my belief. Because if you want to step forward and test who we are and think that we're worthless, go ahead. It's not going to bother us anymore. We're used to feeling that way. I am, at least. If you want to step, you're going to get knocked down because we're going to keep defending and defending and defending the, the steel castle to where it will not get broken down and where the castle will not turn to rubbish. So I promise you, you want to step forward? Go ahead. We embrace the challenge. But you know the end result because we're going to win. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. The next one is evolution. It is an all-female pay-per-view. The first and last being in 2018. This has nothing to do with autism, but female power. As I said in the previous episode, you are not just like a thing to us. You are strong and beautiful. And man, if you still believe it's 1950, then men, it's time to grow up because they can do more. They can run the world. Female power is real. Men power is real. But females, you came a long way. And I know that the female power grows. So please, females, keep doing what you're doing. And men, show respect to women. And the next one is the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It is a pay-per-view where they have the Money in the Bank match. It usually involves six competitors in a climbing contest to grab the Money in the Bank contract. And if you get the contract, you get a championship opportunity whenever you want. This is somewhere on the spectrum because we feel like we are in a climbing contest 24-7 because we are constantly climbing to the top in order to prove the fact that we are not useless. Each day is a step of the ladder. But to me, with this podcast and with everyone else trying to do other missions... It's a step each day. I don't know if we'll ever get to the top and be able to grab the contract, but I know it's a step each day, and we're getting closer every and every day. The final one is Extreme Rules. It is a pay-per-view where the matches are typically hardcore matches. This might be autism because of our hardcore nature when it comes to our honesty and bluntness. And C-102, honesty versus bluntness, for more information. But when we are blunt, we could get hardcore. And I'll be honest, I'm going to get hardcore too. While I have no life regrets, I probably made some enemies. But to me, I'll be honest, and hardcore as well. This is fine. In my eyes, it's a small price to pay. Aspies, you have to pick whether you want to be honest or blunt. If you're honest and care about what everyone thinks, you're kind of going to be cautious of what you say and be nervous. I chose the opposite. I'm not nervous what I say. Yeah, I made some enemies, but you know what? I think personally the enemies are going to make me a stronger person, and they're not going to make me care because... Hey, I'm saying what I say. I have the right to a freedom of speech, where I'm from at least. And to me, that small price, I'm willing to pay for it. So really, you got to pick. Do you want to be too nervous and care what others think of you and really be a nervous person? Or do you want to not care and have enemies, 
but also live the way you choose and be a confident person. I'm obviously biased because I picked the blunt way, kind of. But if you choose the honest and the cautious way, then I respect your decision. And I could see why you go down that path, too. There's a big pay-per-view that I want to mention. The first big one I want to mention is the Royal Rumble. It is the start of a big pay-per-view season, and that pay-per-view is in January. And it also begins with the Royal Rumble match. If you win, you get a shot at the championship at a big pay-per-view. The match begins with two competitors in the ring, and you eliminate someone by throwing them over the top rope, and both feet hit the floor. Every nine seconds, a new competitor enters the ring, and this continues until all 30 superstars have entered the ring. When the 10 second bar goes, the fans will start counting, and the cool thing is you never know who is going to come out. All the guys want it, and there is so much at stake. When it gets to those final people, the electricity is unbearable. The winners are the big stars. It creates excitement and suspense. There are also no friends and no enemies in the Royal Rumble match. You might face a tag team partner or a family member. According to Paul Heyman on WWE Countdown, it is the biggest one-hour excitement of professional wrestling. This is still on the spectrum because what I did not say about the Royal Rumble was it tests one's endurance. Aspies have much endurance because we will not keep coming back and stopping. The really survival instinct kicks in because we're not going to stop coming back, as I probably mentioned before in this episode. We're going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. You can put barricades, you can shut the gate down. But all we're going to do is find a way to unlock it and not stop until it is unlocked. According to Dirty Counts, the top Royal Romans are the boss wins. This was when Mr. McMahon won the Royal Rumble in 1999. Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin were having the best rivalry of all time. McMahon was trying to keep Austin from winning the Royal Rumble, and he did that by entering the Rumble. But the funniest part was the training videos you saw. Look at the eight videos see one of those videos, but it was the sips that was the best because he kept saying, I hate Austin. I hate Austin. I hate Austin. It's almost not like McMahon, you're having a heart attack. So no offense, but you kind of did sound like that. But anyway, fast forward to the Royal Rumble. They started the match and McMahon and Austin brought until McMahon crawled under the bottom rope. And out of all the places he ran, he ran to the women's bathroom. But it was a trap because the corporation pummeled Austin and Austin had to leave in a building in an ambulance. However, Austin was not finished because he came right back. The momentum Austin had was good. But The Rock came down to interfere and help McMahon throw Austin over the top rope and win the Rumble. This could be autism because like McMahon, we sometimes think ahead and Aspies do not conquer and divide. Instead, we look at the whole picture. Sometimes with assignments and work, we look ahead. We can't think about now. We have to think about now and the future because we want to time travel with our work and predict what we can do. And that's the best way because it makes us feel better. And the way I do my work is I do it when it's a sign to get it done or I procrastinate in the last minute so that way I don't have to worry about it. And I like doing it when it's a sign because I can get it done. We don't have to worry about it. Great, let's move on to the next step or let's move on to the next part of my life by seeing what is next ahead of me. And the next one is The Price is Wrong Drew. This is when Drew Carey entered the Royal Rumble. In 21, Carey actually became what went to the Royal Rumble as a guest at the Royal Rumble 21 pay-per-view. So when Kerry met Mr. McMahon, he was not a happy camper, and Kerry did not see that. So as a punishment, he thought he should enter the Royal Rumble. He was the only person in the ring when the Hardy Boys eliminate each other. It goes well until the next person enters, who happens to be Kane. He was so scared that he eliminated himself by hopping over the top rope. This is autism because sometimes we do not realize you are mad at us like McMahon was mad at Drew and he didn't see it. Aspies occasionally lack the skills to read emotions. The best thing is to just tell us how you are feeling. We are better understand words than language, honestly. So, I mean, we know language and English. Like, we could say hi and all that. But body language and nonverbal, 
no, that's out the window for us, unfortunately. So it's better to use your words with us instead of trying to hide what you're meaning. The next moment is the three faces of Foley. This was when my man Mick Foley entered the 1998 Royal Rumble three times as his different characters. According to Mick Foley on Dirty Countdown, when his youngest son started a wrestling fan, he's had a conversation about it, and the conversation ended with, and you still cannot win. According to Sami Zayn on Dirty Countdown, all of his characters are endearing. The Royal Rumble is truly every man for himself because Cactus Jack was entered number one and his partner Chainsaw Charlie, who was Terry Funk, entered at number two. Eventually, though, Cactus Jack got eliminated. Fast forward later, here comes Foley again to enter the Rumble as Mankind. Mankind also got eliminated from the match. Then Foley came back for the third time as Dude Love. Love as well got eliminated. Was it fair, you might wonder? I say yes, because they are his characters and each one is different. So yes, I say Foley can get away with it. Not because he's my favorite, but because of his characters and to me it makes sense. This is someone on the spectrum because of us not understanding failure as a child. And when you lose, you lose. And there's not an easy way of saying that. And parents, you need to show your young Aspie that life is not all about winning. I mean, winning is great and all, but losing is great too because it's going to give you a chance to be better at the next time you try to do it. It gives you a chance for improvement. It gives you a chance to show more of you. It, it makes you more of a person than what you already are. The next thing is called Cirque de Kofi. This is when Kofi Kingston saved himself from elimination three years in a row. First, first thing was at the 2012 Royal Rumble. Miz tried to eliminate him, but Kingston did a handstand and walked in a handstand position to the steel steps. It was impressive, and according to Sam Roberts on WWE Countdown, he stated that you do that moment with your action figures, but never would expect it to do it because it's so unreal. The following year, at the 2013 Royal Rumble, he almost got eliminated from Dolph Ziggler, but Kingston landed on Lord Tensai's back. Tensai, instead of dropping him on the floor, put him on the announce table and pummeled him a bit. So he used ingenuity by using an announcer's chair like a pogo stick all the way to the apron. And then the next year at the 2014 Royal Rumble was like last year, he fell in someone's hands, but this time it was in Rusev's hands, and instead of dropping him on the floor, he put him on the guardrail and kneed him a bit. So Kingston ran from the guardrail, and jumped to the apron. It was impressive because I've been to WWE shows, and believe me, it's a far jump. To help, though, look at the night video to visually see Kingston's rumble saves. The funny part is, he never wins the rumble. This is so special because we know that sometimes we have to find ways to save ourselves from losing a battle with a problem. And we have to, and half the time, we might have to use some ingenuity. And that includes an unrealistic problem that helps us out and when we use that solution sometimes it helps us i mean yeah we might get the looks but why matter you got your own life to deal with we're dealing with our own life you worry about you i'll worry about me so that's the theory i live by really to help me know that this unrealistic solution is realistic to me the next moment is what i call viva la raza this was when Rey Mysterio won the Royal Rumble for Eddie Guerrero. And when he stayed in the Rumble since the number two entry. So the story is the same year as the Rumble was the year that Eddie Guerrero passed away. And it was really too soon. Everyone loved Eddie because of his ring abilities. But also his big heart outside of the ring. There was also a friendship between Mysterio and Guerrero. And when Eddie passed away, Mysterio was heartbroken. Mysterio then decided to dedicate his time in the 26th Royal Rumble. So he did it for Guerrero. Mysterio also paid his respects by wearing his EG wristbands and riding in a lowrider for his ring entrance. And fast forward, he was one of the finals in the Rumble. He had to deal with a two-on-one assault with Randy Orton and Triple H. But he was not done because any underdog can win. And he did win. But according to Vicky Guerrero on WWE Countdown, 
She was sad to see Ray win because Eddie would want to be there and hug him. This is not someone on the spectrum, but I just want to say this to my friends and family. You do not have to worry about me. I'll be okay. I'm going to make it, guys. I promise. If you're worried about me, you don't have to be. I'm going to be fine. I have the sources I need. And if my time comes first, I hope I've done something right to you and to the world. I hope I've done something for you as well. I hope I've just done something right. Helped you out some way. And if I'm not the first to go, then I will be sure to definitely carry your legacy when you go six feet under. This is for everyone that is blood and not blood and who need me in their life, really. The next one is what I call is a tie. This is when Bret Hart and Lex Luger won the Rumble together due to their double elimination. This happened in the 1994 Royal Rumble where ties were changing with athleticism. And for Luger, he honestly filled the hole when Hogan led for WCW. So when Luger came out, he cleaned house for a bit. Then fast forward, number 25 was supposed to come out, but did not because it was Bret Hart. And people were questioning if he would appear because, fun fact, this Rumble moment was the same day Owen Hart backstabbed Bret Hart, which I mentioned in the previous episode or in part one of the WWE special. However, he did come later on with an injured leg. When Hart and Luger were in the final two, they eliminated each other. The referees changed winners each time because they were not sure. So they tried to get another perspective with WWE President Jack Tunney. And when he watched the replay, both men hit the floor at the same time. So due to the fact they could not make up their minds, they named both men the winner. Wrestling fans still debate who won. To me, this shows autism because of our debate skills. We have the power to make a case for anything. I think we could even make a case for Hart and Luger. We have the power to debate. We have the power to run this mouth and not shut up basically until... We're either proven right or people are listening to us or just understanding our facts. I mean, it's not like politicians. We understand your decision. We also respect it, but we also want to be listened to. And if you're not, we're going to go over you until we're listened to. Sorry, but not really because that's how we are. The next moment is all torn up. This is when Mr. McMahon tore both quads at the 25 Royal Rumble. It started with Shades of Heart and Luger's tie, but this time it was John Cena and Batista. According to Batista on WWE Countdown, was when Cena went up for the Batista bomb, he came up with so much force that both men went over the floor, and they say both men's feet hit the floor at the same time, but I personally disagree. I think Batista's feet hit first, so I think Cena should have won the match, but the referees then started to do what they did at the 1994 Royal Rumble until an angry mystery man comes down. He's so mad he throws his jacket, and when he slides in the ring, he really rips both his quads. So he actually sits down, and he announces that Batista and Cena will restart the match, not the whole Royal Rumble match, just Batista and Cena, and the match went on, and Batista won. But this is so on the spectrum, because although we do change our minds, like I said, we can also be polite and respectfully disagree. But if you challenge the respect, he thy warning will challenge it too. So it's best to have our opinions and move on, so that way there's no controversy between the Aspie and the non-Aspie. The next moment is going the distance. This is when Shawn Michaels entered at number one, and was the first to win at that position. At the 1995 Royal Rumble, when Michaels drew his number, he lied and said it was going to be an easy night for him. Pamela Anderson was going to escort the winner at the big pay-per-view. He fooled everyone, though, because when he went at number one, because now he has to eliminate 29 other superstars. So he did survive, and when we thought the British Bulldog won, because when he closed like Michaels, we thought he went over. It was a big mistake because of only one of Michaels' foot hit the floor, and he pulled himself back in, 
and eliminate Bulldog. Even though many more will do it, he is the first, and it was another unexpected moment. This could be so on the spectrum because sometimes, like Bulldog, we take our eyes off the prize. Or in retrospect, we take our eyes of what really matters. And parents, it's your job to show what we need to prioritize because sometimes... You know, with me being in college and me being podcasting, me doing this, that, that, this, this, it's hard to prioritize. But with helpful parents, I think I'm doing pretty, pretty good and I'm prioritizing pretty well. And next one is Make It Rain. This is when Roman Reigns entered the Rumble and basically dominated. In the 2014 Royal Rumble was where we saw the domination of Roman Reigns. He even beat the record of the most Rumble eliminations where he eliminated 12 men. The Rumble is truly, as I said earlier, every man for himself because Amos attempted to eliminate Reigns but failed, and Reigns returned the favor by eliminating him and two other competitors, one of them being his friends. He definitely had one heck of a rumble. This is not autism, but I just want to thank my parents, actually, as well for this. And C-105, meet my mother and 1113, father and son chat for more information. But thank you both. I have been raised well, and I cannot request for any other parents due to the constant support you give me. You've been partially the reason why I feel like I am dominating the podcast world. I am forever grateful for that. The best moment, though, is called with a tear in my eye. This is when Ric Flair won the championship at and in the 92 Royal Rumble. It started with nothing to do with Flair, actually. It began with Hulk Hogan and Undertaker. They were having this huge rivalry, and they changed hands at the previous year's pay-per-view and the next one, but both men cheated to win. President Jack Tunney was not tolerating that, so he decided to vacate the championship, and the winner of the 1992 Royal Rumble will be declared the new WWE champion. According to Daniel Bryan, WWE Countdown, when the match is for the title, it changes the dynamic of the match. However, people were not sure if he would win because he drew number three. And if you listen to Bobby Heenan by his commentary, it's pretty funny. Fast forward toward the end, Sid Justice betrayed Hulk Hogan by throwing Hogan over the top rope. But Hogan returned the favor and helped Flair eliminate Justice, which led Flair to winning the Royal Rumble match and the 1992 Royal Rumble. He was also in there for over an hour. He even gave probably one of the best promos ever. Look at the 12th, 10th video to hear his after Royal Rumble celebratory promo. This is on the spectrum, or me too, because of trust issues. Due to my past, I think the way Hogan betrayed Justice happens to me and Aspies 24-7. People betray us, and as I said in the previous episode, you ate our hearts out. But I'm also saying that for me and others, you cannot eat the heart anymore. Because all you'll be eating is steel. And the sound of you eating steel is kind of satisfying to me. And you probably can't eat steel because all you're going to get is this. That is the noise you will hear if you attempt to eat our hearts out. And if you're not there yet, I encourage you to get there. Because, my friend, if you're not there, then I encourage you to find it. Because your heart will no longer be sensitive or rubbish. But you'll get a strong and iron type of heart. And it will almost be like Iron Man's heart. Which is kind of not the best heart, but also of a caring heart. The next big pay-per-view i got to mention is SummerSlam. It is the biggest pay-per-view of the summer. And yes, I have to sing this, so bear with me. And here we go. Don't tell your mother... Just one another, die for another, we're cool for the summer. Alright, but anyway, the event is typically held in August. This is not someone on the spectrum, but just my view. That view is that summer is better than winter because I hate being cooped up in the house. Now, being cooped up in the house can be an ass because we feel trapped as we get cabin fever easily. It might be the other way where you like summer and not winter because you can't do a lot, but it might be the other way though for some other aspie. We get cooped up in the house, and it is her because we have the urge to do something. That's when the motivation gets to me, but also bites me because I do not have the power to relax. It might be the autism, but it also might be the ADHD. I don't know. But I think autism people or autistic people cannot relax sometimes. They feel like they have to do something, and when they feel accomplished, their reward 
that they get is the relaxation. That's a lifestyle that I feel like sometimes they think. According to a lot of research, the top 10 moments are the birth of Suplex City. This is when Brock Lesnar defeated John Cena with 16 German suplexes and where Lesnar really birthed Suplex City. The story is Lesnar and Cena were renewing their rivalry and they fought at SummerSlam in 2014. Fast forward to SummerSlam 2014 when the match started, Lesnar F5'd it and we thought the match was over. But Lesnar really played with his food, like a beast would, as he German suplexes him over and over again through the whole match until he hits another F5 and wins the title. This is on the spectrum because of our repetitive behaviors. Sometimes we repeat behaviors or say something repetitive. We do it because we are more assured and it is hard to break, but it is a possible cycle to break. You know, repetitive behaviors sometimes help us. Following the routine, following the structure, doing something like picking our ears out every morning, it kind of helps us focus, concentrate, move along with life. So, yeah, it's repetitive. It may be annoying, but understand it's helpful. And when you have to change it, it feels like a helpful tool is getting ripped away from us. So, parents, maybe you let them. If it's not hurting anyone, I say if it's a helpful tool they need, then let them have it because that's what they need, my friend. Next one is father and son reunited. This was when... Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero fought in a ladder match for Dominic Mysterio. In 2005, Guerrero and Mysterio renewed their rivalry and was over each other claiming that they were Dominic's biological father. They solved their issue in a ladder match with the custody papers and a briefcase being hanged from the ring. Mysterio won and he was reunited by his father. This is as because no one thinks we can be fathers, but the fact is that it's inaccurate because good-hearted Aspies have fathery traits in them. I mean, we're patient, we're calm, we're remaining. We want to have fun. You know, we want to be involved with our child's life. And that's what a good father really is. And we'll teach them some life lessons too. We have it in us. I have a future son. I'm going to tell you I will be the best dad that I can be. And I will make sure that that is not a guarantee nor a promise. That is a vow, my friend. The next one is the first TLC match. This is when the trio tag team TLC match had their first one. They used tables and ladders and chairs match. One more comes to mind, and that is destruction. This is also one of my favorite matches ever. This is the people who do not believe in us. They are the destruction to me, and I will change that whether you like it or not. This is the mission of the podcast, to take the stigma off of autism, because the stigma reminds me of destruction, and destruction can get in our way, and this is what I'm trying to change. So I'm telling you, the podcast will change that stigma and the destruction of society thinking that we are worthless. The next one is Rise of the Authority. This is when Randy Orton sold out and the Authority was born. After Daniel Bryan and John Cena had an amazing match with a special guest referee, Randy Orton came out and faked an attempt to get the championship, but Orton turned and looked at Triple H, and Triple H gave Bryan a pedigree, and then Randy Orton did use his money in the bank and won the championship. This is when the Authority was born. Sometimes athletes cannot develop a plan by themselves. Sometimes we might need help with a plan of action. I and most good-hearted Aspies are open doors when it comes to help. We will help you with anything. We are helpful people. Good-hearted ones are, and we care. That's the way we do it. We may not be the most nicest or the kindest, but I think sometimes at least I am gracious and helpful. That's my way of making it up. I mean, I do my best to be kind, but the biggest way of making it up is with my gracious and my givingness spirit. And I'm definitely helpful, becoming a helpful person and helping anyone with anything they need. The next one is F5 for the Fiend Mom. This is when Undertaker and Brock Lesnar rekindled their rivalry at SummerSlam 2015. The story here is when Undertaker and Lesnar rekindled the feud they had, it was intense. So when they fought at SummerSlam 2015, Undertaker received an F5 through the announce table that looked like hurt. This is on the spectrum because like all of you, we will make mistakes. 
I bet Lesnar did not mean to hurt Undertaker. And like Lesnar, we all slip up. It's in human nature. But, you know, we all can learn from it. This is not just for autism, it's for everyone. So the way to fix the problems, though, everyone, is to learn from it. That's all you can really do. And you know I'll do it next time, too. The next one is 31 Seconds to Glory. This is when Ultimate Warrior beat Hockey Talk Man at 31 seconds. What happened with this was Hockey Talk Man's original opponent had a parasailing accident. So at SummerSlam 1988, Hockey Talk goes to the ring assuming he will win, but the Ultimate comes out as a replacement and wins the title in 31 seconds. The crowd went crazy after he won. This isn't an me because we also do not do things for people, but we also take opportunities for ourselves. I do certain things that are only for me, and me only. And parents, if there is no harm produced, then let them do it. It will help them in the long run. I mean, as I said earlier, with the repetitive behaviors, it helps them in the long run. But so doing stuff from themselves, I mean, I took a CEO class, and that was not for anyone. That was for me. I did that for myself, and it's helped me in the long run. So I encourage any ASP to take any opportunity they can, and don't do it for the parents, for your friends, but for anyone but do it for yourself. You are your own person as well, and you can also have your own luxuries and gifts as well. The next one is the first Universal Champion. This is when Finn Balor defeated Seth Rollins to become the inaugural Universal Champion. The story is, after all, did not win the big championship belt, they created a Universal Champion. The two men, Balor Rollins, fought hard at SummerSlam 2016, but Balor won. To me, it was a surprise because the Balor, the rookie, at that time frame, won. Unfortunately, though, he had to give the belt up due to a shoulder injury. This is all special because although we are underdogs and win most of the time, and sometimes we do not, the other does. So parents, you should show your Aspie sportsmanship and take defeat graciously. It is like I said when I was talking to James Durbin and C-125, Rocky Lama James Durbin, I said failure is an opportunity. And as I said before in this episode, failure truly is because it is definitely going to build your character. I can promise you that. The next one is Shane's Scary Fall. This is when Shane McMahon flew off a scaffold. With this is when Shane McMahon and Steve Blackman were having a huge rivalry and Shane being a heel ran and tried to run up the scaffold. But Blackman went after him with a kendo stick. Blackman hit him with a kendo stick several times and made Shane fall over 100 feet. Look at the 11 video below to watch the scary fall. This is not autism, but I just want to say that you make, make us fall like Shane McMahon or when you derogatory autism or the world of disabilities... It hurts. You're making us free fall 100 feet, and we just went down, and we may not get back up. We may go back to where we were, and no one wants that. So, yes, Aspies, you have to fight harder to not go down into the gutter. The next one is the match made in heaven. This is when Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth in storyline got married. Savage and Elizabeth were together for all of their careers. So, from a fan's eyes, when Savage proposed to Elizabeth, it was beautiful, and at SummerSlam 1991, finally, his storyline tied the knot. This is not someone on the spectrum, but I just want to say to the future Miss Mitchell, if there is one, I will make that day your day. This is a day that will be joyous with love and happiness. I will not only promise, but I can guarantee that it will happen if you choose to wed with me. The biggest one, though, is Bulldog's homecoming. This is when British Bulldog won a championship from Bret Hart. The story was Bulldog challenged Hart for the championship, and they built the storyline perfect. It built like each side of the Hart's family were divided, and Bulldog's ex-wife Diana played the line of being torn by her husband and brother was perfect. The story ended at SummerSlam 1992 where Bulldog won the belt from Hart. After the match, Hart and Bulldog shook hands. This is not just someone on the spectrum, but this is really related to an Aspie's family. I just want to tell anyone related to someone with a disability that your family will make it. And your family might have barricades, but you can't hop over them and show each other kindness while growing together. You can do stuff. 
families with disabilities. You can. They're not broken down. There are stuff they can do. That includes just sitting with them by the bed. That's something. So to me, you can do something. There's something out there for them, whether that's small or big. And you could pick them up, though, when they think they are worthless. There's something we can do, family. Be there for your disabled child, whether that be physical or intellectual. There are things that everyone can do in the family. Next pay-per-view I want to talk about is Survivor Series. It is an annual WWE pay-per-view that is held in November. It is the second longest running pay-per-view. Teams of four or five team up with a common goal. That is to survive and win for the team. It all started in 1987 because after Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant's famous match, it was not enough to close the chapter. So each person went to their peers and picked four people to be on their team and go head-to-head with their respective team members. The rules are pretty simple. Each team member has to be eliminated by pinfall or submission or counter or even disqualification and really just wrestle like a solid singles match with the team. When one person's team has each member eliminated, then those are the losers while the other team is the winner. Sometimes there are sole survivors where one person of the team survived through the entire match. The idea of surviving really caught on. That is not all Survivor Series is home to, though. Some of the most shocking and incredible moments in professional wrestling history also have these. This is on a spectrum because this goes back to the word survive. Because I'm telling you, I will survive. Just like Gloria Gaynor sung once. According to WWE Captain, the top five Survivor Series moments or cool things about Survivor Series are... This is where stars are born. Some of the biggest stars have made their debut at Survivor Series. Some are Kurt Angle at Survivor Series 1999... Rocky Maivia, or The Rock, at 1996 Survivor Series, and The Shield at the Survivor Series in 2012. But in my opinion, the biggest was Undertaker at Survivor Series 1990. Each of them are big names. This is autism because autism is a big disability and a big name. So I do not see why we are being mean to autism if it is big, and do I not see why we should treat it if it is not going away. Autism is so big, and now autism is part of... The world and autism is in the dictionary. So if it's in the dictionary and where it's not going to vanish anywhere, why bully it? It's just a time waster. The next one is the good and the bad. Although Survivor Series usually has big names like Stone Cold Steve Austin and John Cena, there are people and teams that leave the fans confused. An example of this was when The Rock and John Cena were forced to team up. It was all because they were in the midst of a rivalry. Whoever you team up with, you must have chemistry in order to survive. This could be autism because we have friends that sometimes you would be thinking like, why are they friends? You'd be scratching your head with. So you think we are odd? Why not give us a shot? Since one, we can't hit it off with anyone with a chance. And two, sometimes doesn't the odd partners make the best of friends? And I think the odd works out because the mismatch sometimes actually makes the perfect chemistry because you know how to be yourself around them. And the sad part is you have to be a little different with them but you get to be yourself around them no matter what. And the next one is the famous first. Since the creation of Survivor Series, it is home to some of the team matches, but obviously is also home to some of the other first-time ever matches. The first example was at the 1992 Survivor Series when this event hosted the first-ever coffin match. Another one was when the first-ever ambulance match happened at the 2003 Survivor Series. But the biggest famous match was in 22 Survivor Series when they tried the Elimination Chamber. This is someone on the special because if you look at the history, there were some famous firsts. Einstein and Mozart can be considered a famous first. There are people before me who were on the spectrum that you haven't realized. Bill Gates, I mean, he's not a famous first, but I bet he has it. But Einstein and Mozart and probably Isaac Newton, they had it. And they are a famous first. 
They are pioneers of the autistic world. The next one is Scrambled Egg. This is the debut of the Gobbledygooker. Go to the previous episode if you want to hear the basis of what happened. People were wondering what is going to hatch out of the egg. Everyone had their own speculation. But at the 1990 Survivor Series, it hatched, and it was the Gobbledygooker. It was odd because Gene Oakland was the only person who could translate the Gooker. However, when he got in the ring, he was pretty athletic, but people still feel robbed. This is something that's special because I feel like we get robbed by society as they dictate what is normal. And C-127, a peculiar episode for more information, but to me, determining what is normal is dumb because everyone in America and the world should have the right to be themselves. And I know I said that before, I'm going to go further. I think this law, the right to be themselves, should be in America's important document and it should be in the Constitution because, my friend, that is a law that everyone should follow. I know they say all men are created equal, but in reality, I know that is not true. So in my opinion, they say all men should be treated equal. The, but the final moment is survival of the fittest only. Only the strong survive Survivor Series. And there is one who does, and that is Mr. McMahon, actually. His record began in 1997, where he led the Montreal Screwjob. The following year, it seemed like Mankind had Mr. McMahon's support. But McMahon had other plans and decided to screw Mankind out of his championship. He even dominated the invasion area as WWE won at the 21 Survivor Series. This is autism because unlike McMahon, we do not screw people, but we are the survival of the fittest. Because we are not going to go down, as I previously said. I will not go down. We're not going to step backwards. We're going to take more steps forward. However, I must mention the big final pay-per-view, and that is... Dun, dun, dun! WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the biggest WWE event of the year. It usually hosts in mid-March or early April. This is where wrestlers make a name for themselves by having unbelievable moments at WrestleMania that fans will talk about for ages. This event has been going on since 1985 and is still going on. WrestleMania can be described as the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. There are also tons of stories that can be linked to WrestleMania. This is odd just because we want to make a name for ourselves in some way. And sadly, there are no big events that have an autism WrestleMania, but I wish there could be like an autism mania or disability mania. These events would showcase what people with disabilities can do, like WrestleMania showcases professional wrestling. And I think we should go along with that event because sometimes people with disabilities do not have an opportunity. If we create autism mania or disability mania, do you know how much opportunities that they could showcase what disabilities can do? I'll tell you, it'll be pretty big. So in my opinion, that should be an event we create with either Autism Rocks and Rolls, my editor, and I'm talking to you right now, editor, or I should promote that somewhere in some shape or capacity. Now, according to WrestleMania's greatest moments, the top 10 WrestleMania moments are Once in a Lifetime. This is when The Rock and John Cena finally had their WrestleMania 28 match in 2012. In 2011, The Rock returned and started a feud with John Cena. The Rock cost Cena a chance to regain his championship at the previous WrestleMania. The next night on Raw, Cena then challenged The Rock to a match, and The Rock accepted for next year's WrestleMania. We waited a year and fast forward to WrestleMania 28. The stare down they had was iconic. The fans were torn, and The Rock actually beat Cena, and Rock still had it in him. This is still on the spectrum because we have a problem with waiting for too long. Parents, you need to show Aspies how to work on patience. This is a hard thing to do because Aspies have the biggest hard time with patience when it comes to certain things. Why my thing is the electronics, as I mentioned earlier, and I really am really, really trying to work on it, but I do not see how because I just can't handle it when something does not work. And I know it's a hard thing to do. I mean, you want your life to go, like, perfect because you got these other other challenges, but yet you got to deal with something small that's smaller than a challenge you're already dealing with. So really, you have to show them patience, or otherwise it'll become one 
an impatient person, and the impatience is going to bite them in the butt, I think, at some point in their life. The next moment is the epic triangle ladder WrestleMania match. Before the epic SummerSlam match, I mentioned the same people had one at WrestleMania 16 in 2000. This is also all six men's WrestleMania debut. Each man were daredevils in the match. A big moment was when Jeff Hardy did a swanton bomb off the giant ladder. In the end, Edge and Christian won the belts. This is autism because of the word giant. Autism itself is a giant because autism is bigger and better. And I'll tell you, if the people who doubt it, I'm just going to tell you the word autism is going to grow into an extra large and big giant. The next one is called WrestleMania Street. This was a street by The Undertaker where he did not lose at 21 WrestleManias from WrestleMania 7 to WrestleMania 29. However, at WrestleMania 30 in 2014, Brock Lesnar ended The Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, and it was at that time frame 21 to 1. Although it's been broken, the streak cannot be duplicated. We will never see another person who was undefeated for 21 WrestleManias. This is for anyone who is having a hard time being themselves. As I told you, it is awesome to be yourself. However, I do understand the pressure because you want to please everyone and raise the 21 people. You cannot please everyone. You can use the people who ended your 21 streak to add to your one what i mean by this is those 21 people the numbers you don't plea that's the bad but keep adding it that's just people you don't plea but the one you can add on to the people who do plea even or you can even stay at one it can be 21 to how much people you please to one because 21 you didn't please these people you did one you please yourselves and i wanted to do an exercise to show that so i want to hold their finger in the air point to the sky and repeat to yourself Instead of saying, we are the ones like Roman Raids, say, you are the one. 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 Because you are the one person of yourself. Next is John and Nikki proposal. This is when John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella. After their mixed tag team match with Miz and Marie, Cena proposed to Bella, and she said yes. This is not so on the spectrum, but me saying to the apostle Miss Mitchell that I'm not only going to make the wedding special, but also the proposal special. Because I am so grateful that someone wants to be a part of my life. And I'm telling you to the future Miss Mitchell, you don't understand how grateful I am. I'm endlessly grateful. The next one is the end of an area. This is when Undertaker and Triple H fought inside a Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. It all started after Triple H accepted the Undertaker's WrestleMania challenge, but he wanted to be a Hell in a Cell and an end of an era. It was the end because this is supposed to end the era of these two crossing paths. Supposed to. These two men have crossed paths, but not as the Den Man and the game. This is so on a spectrum because like Triple H was hesitant to accept the challenge, sometimes we can be hesitant and do it with reluctance. But parents, you need to understand, we might complain, but we're doing it right. So really, who cares? I mean, yeah, we're complainers. We complain like everyone else. We're like, oh, we don't want to do it. I mean, yeah, that's how we are. Sorry, we don't like some. Yeah, we're going to be vocal about it. But you know what? Out of respect for the elders and out of respect for the adults, we're going to do it, but the complaint, just ignore it. And I know it's sometimes hard to do, but guys, it's a coping strategy for us, maybe. Have you ever thought of that? It's a coping strategy because we get to be heard at least, and being heard, as I said in this episode, is the one thing that matters to me. The next moment is the body slam heard around the world. This is when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. After Andre backstabbed and challenged Hogan, he accepted the challenge. This was so popular and to me is still the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. It cannot be matched to this day. Sadly though, Andre could not perform to the best visibility because he was hurting and the ending was sure, was unsure because he was not 100% sure if Andre was going to put Hogan over. And Hogan was happy either way. 
He just really wanted to know. According to multiple sources, the finish was not determined until that day with Mr. McMahon's legal pad. However, Andre was the professional and passed the torch and let Hogan lift him and slammed him, and he then hit the leg drop for the win. This is so unspecific because like Andre, if he was not going to put Hogan over, we were not either. You must show us that you are worthy to be with me and in my league. And by my leagues, I mean relationship. I mean, as I said earlier, you can't go around it. You have to win me over. I mean, you just have to. I mean, due to the past I've had and due to the backstabs I've dealt with, you have to show me that you will not do it, that you will not leave my sight. And I know it might take an extra step for me and or for you, but that extra step, man, let me tell you, is worthy because you'll have the greatest friend alive. Trust me. The next moment is extreme surprise. This was when the Hardy Boys returned at WrestleMania 33. At the event, it's supposed to be Enzo More and Big Cass versus The Bar versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. But the host, The New Day, came out and announced it is going to be a fatal four-way tag team match. And at first, I thought it was going to be them. However, it was revealed the Hardy Boys. But believe it or not, they started in them because they won the tag team championships. And this is something with autism because we still got it too. We still got the fight to be the best. Nasties will keep fighting for acceptance, even if they were old and frail. When we do, we will be still hearing, You still got it. You still got it. You still got it. And we'll definitely be hearing that and hearing that, and we're fighting till the end. The next one is the ultimate underdog. This is when Daniel Bryan became a WWE champion at WrestleMania 30. It started after the rise of the authority at the 2013 SummerSlam, and for about a year, the authority had it out with Daniel Bryan. Triple H finally accepted his challenge, and Triple H added whoever won that match would be added to the main event between Randy Orton and Batista. What hit Bryan was when Stephanie Man called him a B-plus player. With valiant effort, Bryan won the match. Although he got attacked after the match, he came out for the main event. However, Orton and Batista double-teamed Bryan and hit a Batista bomb and RKO combo through the announcer's table. We thought it took Bryan out, but it did not. He fought off medical attention and pain, and went back to fight. He fought well because he won the title. This is so unexpected because we hop over the obstacles, and I know you might barricade us, but trust us, the barricades ain't gonna stop me. As I said earlier, we will keep coming back. We're gonna keep coming, and keep coming, and keep coming. And I'll tell you, there will be fight in us all the time, even if it's a slim chance of fight. It's a percent of fight, I'll tell you that. The next one is Heist of the Century. This is when Seth Rollins stole the belt. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were fighting for the first time ever. The match itself was brutal. Just when everyone was down, Seth Rollins comes with his Money in the Bank briefcase and changes the match into a triple threat match. Seth also won the match and really pulled off the Heist of the Century. This is so unexpected because somebody with us could also probably pull a Heist of the Century because we sometimes have a problem with paying attention. I know paying attention, I see is something I have to do. But to me, it is impossible. The reason why it is impossible is there are so many things going on around me. There's this, this, this we gotta look at. I mean, there's too much directions. There's too much noise, too much sounds, too much people talking, too much things going on around us. So I'm not saying giving up. I'm saying we'll try, but it ain't going to be easy. But the biggest one was darkness versus light. This is when Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker clashed at WrestleMania 25. This match is put up there as the best WrestleMania match of all time. They both wanted to see who was a better man who really was the greatest WrestleMania performer. They went back and forth and kicked out with many close calls. It was so great that The Undertaker and Michaels were in disbelief with each other. But in the end, The Undertaker won. This match does not represent autism, but something The Undertaker said during the buildup of the match does. And he said, and I quote, It is hell trying to get to heaven. I agree with that, actually, because I know 
That an Aussie's journey may seem like heaven, but my friend, that is not true. We are not there. We start at the bottom at Davy Jones' locker, and we feel like we do get to the sunny heavens, but we have to fight hard to stay there, and we might lose our podium at points, but really, you're just a placement. You're just holding the podium, and I hope you're enjoying it because I'm lurking there, and what's going to happen is I'll be there. I'm coming for you, and as Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, I'll be back. Now, folks, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and we're going to hear about a new sponsor, and that's Blue Boy Chocolate Shop. That is where they make homemade and gourmet chocolate. But that's not all. We're going to hear more what they do. So take it away, my friend. Do you crave delicious gourmet homemade chocolate, cakes, ice cream, and espresso? Well, we have the place for you. Blue Boy Chocolate, spelled B-L-U. They can be found in Bloomington at 112 East Kirkwood Avenue. The handcrafted chocolate and cakes are made with local ingredients. The ice cream is made from local yolks, heavy cream, and a well-used Italian gelato machine. David Fletcher and Scott Johnson opened up the store in 2008, and the locals and people from afar have been flocking to enjoy their treats ever since. You can visit in person, call at 812-334-8460, or even order online. Blue Boy is open every afternoon except for Sundays. Visit one of Autism Rocks and Rolls sponsors today. Yes, please check them out because they will definitely cure your Monday night blues. Now, I want to talk about Crybaby in professional wrestling because this is someone who whines and complains in the WWE. A Crybaby is a real feeling, though. So don't even figure out you, you might make money with that feeling. Crybabies might whine because of the unfairness. They lose all the time, and someone who runs in their mouth all the time, but they cannot walk the walk. A crybaby usually sometimes even cries in the ring. Christian did it. Look at the 12th video below to watch a grown man throw the biggest temper tantrum alive. Sometimes crybabies also cannot stand the fact that they lost a big match and will try to deny losing in any way. It's also best to let the crybabies cry so the baby faces can beat them up in the end. The crybabies do bring, though, the entertainment side of professional wrestling. This is autism because of a big misconception of a meltdown and a tantrum. In C-107, meltdowns autistic style for more information. But a meltdown, everyone, is so different from a tantrum. And when we're melting down and feeling so uncomfortable with our feelings and with our feelings that are feeling like can be held in our torture, crying is the only solution that we know to do. And we mainly melt down to something that is something to us that is uncomfortable. The uncomfortable to us, it's just like torture, basically. It's like a stretcher or when they like tar and feather you. So really, guys, don't put on something that's uncomfortable to you and we won't become a big crybaby. I mean, it might seem like we're being crybabies, but it's doing, we're doing something we can't help. And we're doing some, we're doing the thing that we only know what to do. Our next title is a championship, but it's the Intercontinental Championship. It is a championship in the WWE that is considered the second best title in WWE. It was brought to WWE by Pat Patterson, who won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. It is probably the most prestigious championship because they were the workers and they worked with anyone. To win the Intercontinental Championship is a big step because it is showing that you are progressing to the main cards. Plus, it is the best float you can win if you are in the mid-card area in the wrestling business. It also gives you pressure to shine like any other champion. This is something special because we might be considered mid-carders or lower, but when we win the belt, we are progressing higher. I know I say if you have to forfeit, then forfeit, but do not forfeit if you have to. Take the small steps because they are secretly bigger than your next step. You know, I've always wanted to have the Intercontinental Champion because it makes you work harder. It makes you want to work. It makes you show that Second is not always the worst, or as they say, first is always the worst. 
second is the best, third is the one with the hairy chest, it shows that second is the best. Because, my friend, it makes you want to shine more. It makes you, as they say, shine higher than the mid-cars who, the higher cars who can relax a little bit. The mid-cars, you may have that pressure where you have to be pitch perfect every time. And to me, I want to feel that pressure of being pitch perfect every time. And these little steps are going to get me to the higher cards. But if it was up to me, actually, I want to stay in the mid-card to represent the mid-carders or represent the middle people of my generation. The next thing in the professional wrestling world is an odd job. It is a wrestler where they use an everyday person as their in-ring character and take it really far. This was mainly used back in the 80s and 90s and in WWE and WCW. Sadly, though, according to Seth Rollins on WWE Countdown, he said that he does not understand why they exist because they are really not successful in this business. However, they make it up with their entertainment style. Plus, the audience can relate to them. If it is an odd job they give you, then you must be committed and make the character you somehow. Timing is a factor, too, because it may be something involving a pop culture job. This is someone on the stretch because we are the best with our employee skills. And C-135, you start Monday for more information, but we really are the best with those skills. We treat everything like the job, and to us... That's part of a job. So in the best way, we describe it as a job and a job because getting on time, that's a part of the job. Going to work, that's a part of a job. And something else is checking in, checking out, that's part of the job. Wearing the requirement clothes, that's a job. It's a job in the job. We have to work on the basic parts of the job in order to get to the big job. The next thing we must discuss is Friday Night SmackDown. It is a WWE televised show that aired on Tuesday and Thursdays in the past, but now it airs Friday at least. May change in the future, I don't know. But anyway, in 1999, WWE made history by having its second show, which was SmackDown. According to John Cena on WWE Countdown, it was really due to the audience wanting more content. The show was named after The Rock due to his catchphrase, laying the SmackDown. According to Michael Cole on WWE Countdown, it was a younger Raw. At SmackDown, personally, I think there was more wrestling than entertainment. And that is how SmackDown is separated from Raw. SmackDown also gives you more special moments. To me, SmackDown is more inclusive and has a warmer feeling because to me, Raw just gets the feeling of business structured. SmackDown is like a go-with-the-flow show. With that difference, it gives SmackDown an identity. This is so an exclamation because of this thought, actually. Most of you probably do not see what I mean, and I'm okay with that because that description makes sense to me, and you're the only person that can understand your different and particular explanations. You're the only one who knows how to solve the missing link. You're the only one who can solve your own puzzle piece, and whatever that details, you're the only person who can solve your own figure of a puzzle. So really, you got to make this into your own word search and figure out what needs to be solved, but the way you perceive it. According to Dirty Count, the top 10 SmackDown moments are the big green mantra. This is when JBL stared down Godzilla in an episode of SmackDown that was in Japan. Bradshaw had this plan to capture the big show with the poison dart, but Orlando hit the door and made his valet shoot JBL on accident, and he shot himself. Then JBL began to hallucinate and went to the ring and brought an inflatable Godzilla. JBL attempted to scare him by literally stripping to his Hello Kitty underpants. Show being a baby face comes to check on him, but JBL played possum with his dizzy spells, and it was a setup to beat down the Big Show. But Big Show fought the cabinet, but did not get his hands on JBL. This is all on the spectrum because people might think we have hallucinations, but really we're just misunderstood what you are trying to say or do. When we speak to you, it can freak someone out and see 1115 conversation operation for more information. But people think that we do not follow anyone and we only speak to ourselves. It's really a misunderstanding because that is not 
at all what is the case. It's people's topics shift too fast. I mean, one minute, it's pizza. Next minute, it's ice cream. Next minute, it's the fair. I mean, stick on one topic, people. I can't follow along that fast. It's very slow. You have to be very slow motion with me because I can only understand one thing at a time. I can't do multiple things at a time. When you add multiple whipped cream to the cheesecake, it's too much. There's a limit when it comes to the whipped cream. And when you add too much to that whipped cream, we're done. We shut down and it's a confusing time for us. The next one I want to talk about is called Runaway Groom. This is basically a duo of Billy and Chuck and they were more than a tag team partners. By the way, I think they acted like they liked each other. And Rico then came along and helped them out. It got bigger because on an episode of SmackDown, they decided to get married. So next week, they're about to get married, but Billy Gunn said it was only a publicity stunt. This is not autism to me, but it's because I believe love is love, and we should be able to love who we choose, whether you like the opposite or same gender. Besides, you not have to put pressure on who we choose to love. The next one is a familiar adversity. The story is this was Hulk Hogan and Mr. McMahon were having a humongous rivalry, and Mr. McMahon thought that people were getting tired of Hulkamania, so Mr. McMahon really just kicked him out and paid his con remainder of the contract for him to stay at home. However, Stephanie McMahon then hired Mr. America, and when he did, we knew Mr. America was Hulk Hogan, but the audience went along with it. Mr. McMahon was irate because people were insulting his intelligence. Now, Stephanie McMahon came out and said that if you could prove that Mr. America is Hulk Hogan, then Mr. America's contract will be done for. So Mr. McMahon made Mr. America take a lie detector test, but Mr. America passed the test, but in the lie detector test was wrong, and Mr. McMahon was so mad that he took the test and failed it miserably. This is autism because Aspie's overanalyzed and C-108 thinking through for more information, but we were probably done the same. We do not stop trying to solve the mystery of what seems fishy until it is proven, and Aspie's do not care how long it takes. When something feels fishy to us or something doesn't feel right, we're going to take it into our own opportunities and finally figure out what is the truth beyond what we see. The next one is on top of the world. After Eddie Guerrero won the championship from Brock Lesnar, he celebrated the following SmackDown. They had a huge party for him, and he actually broke character, and we saw the niceness of Eddie Guerrero. Everything he said was a real feeling. It translated on television. Unfortunately, though, Chavo Guerrero became a party crasher and challenged Eddie to a match. And it was official, but Kurt Angle was also the special guest referee. And Angle, during that match, basically screwed Eddie. So even though Angle and Chavo crashed the party, to say it did not matter because the party was awesome. This is and is not about my autism because I want to mention my party next year because on April 2022, I will be hosting a gala event. This will be a great and party type event where we will hear Miss Temple Grand speak and see one 24 pictures on the ranch from Temple Grand for more information, but it will be fun, and I encourage you to come. The next one is with the first pick. This is talking about the WWE Draft. The WWE Draft is where superstars might trade shows. They go from Raw to SmackDown or vice versa. Linda McMahon designed it to give stars new opportunities. The way it happens was the superstars sit in a locker room all night and wait for their name to be or not to be announced. They also sometimes alter careers. The first ever superstar drafted was... Dun, dun, dun... The Rock. This is so on a spectrum because it is scary when our lives are altered. It changes every time in each stage of life. And for an Aspie, though, it's ten times harder for the Aspie and the family because you don't know they're going to make it. I mean, you probably worry about that parents when they're in child from the birth and you get the diagnosis. You never know if they're going to make it in life. But you have to give them a chance. I mean, yeah, there might be obstacles and challenges. I mean, yeah, they might have to come live with you for the rest of their life. But they can do stuff so they can still give something to society. They can give a little bit. You know, it may not be much, but they can give something, whether it's little or big. 
The next moment from SmackDown is a supermarket sweep. The story started with Booker T running from Stone Cold Steve Austin. He got away in the supermarket. However, Austin found him and kicked his butt in the supermarket. This story is autism because, believe it or not, grocery shopping is my least favorite thing to do. I hate with a passion grocery shopping because it's crowded, there's too much noise going wrong, and it's distracting. However, I realize it has to be done. So parents, teach your young Aspies that you sometimes have to do something that you do not want to do if it's a necessity. You know, I know that I don't like grocery shopping, but I know I have to do it because it will get some. It's for a purpose. That's just an example. There are others like brushing teeth, putting on deodorant, taking a shower. I mean, yes, you have to do those stuff. It's a necessity. But, you know, I think if you explain the purpose why, then they may understand that, okay, I have to overcome this challenge in some way or shape. The next one is a fatal attraction. It is in late 2000s, Triple H and Kurt Angle were having this odd affair where Kurt Angle proclaimed that he and Stephanie McMahon were just friends. Commissioner Foley, though, then put a Kurt Angle in a mixed tag team match with Stephanie McMahon as his mixed tag team partner against The Rock and Lita while Triple H had to watch. In the match, though, Angle accidentally bumped into McMahon. When Triple H saw that, he could no longer watch and decided to go help Angle, but Angle returned the favor by abandoning him. While he was beaten down by Rock and Team Extreme, Angle is back to check on McMahon, but it turns into a passionate kiss. This story is autism because I feel like that is what women think that I want all the time. Like, I want, ooh, kiss me. And that is not true. We just want to be your friend. I really want to talk. I believe that is not too much to ask for. I just want to talk to you. I don't want to bring you back home or anything. No, I just want to talk. I just want to talk to you, get to know you a little more. And personally, from a human to a human, I don't think that's too much to ask for. Next one is a funeral crasher. It all started when the Big Show announced that his father was suffering from cancer, but in real life, he was not. I think he passed before this. Big Boss Man, as evil as he can be, taunted him and taunted the dead. And Buster took it a step farther as he hired a fake security guard to tell him that the show's father died and then mocked him crying, but he did not really. However, when Lenny Garcia and Nancy died for real on storyline, it felt shocking. Then Boston decides to make fun of it more with an insulting sympathy card. Look at the 13th video to hear the insulting, but also Shakespeare-type poem. Next fact, that we also have the funeral for the Big Show's father. However, Bossman also decides to be a funeral crasher and crash the funeral by insulting the family, and he runs over a show. Then he literally drags the coffin with the chain. This is so on the spectrum because we teen assies like horrible and awful funny humor. The poem is an example, and I don't personally don't think the poem is funny, but turn it down a little bit, and then I'm falling on the floor. However, mainly with me, it's bathroom. Like, anything bathroom humor, I find hilarious, guys. I'll be honest. However, parents, you need to show you cannot laugh at that all the time. I mean, I get that. I mean, it's hard to keep that in there because sometimes it's hard for people with Asperger's to understand that you can't make jokes in these certain areas. Like, you can't make death jokes at a funeral. You can't make wedding jokes at a wedding. I mean... You have to be aware where you are and just be careful around who you are because you may offend someone and I know you don't want to do that. The next moment is called The Bus Stops Here. This was after Stone Cold Steve Austin's 1999 Survivor Series car wreck where he got injured and it was a fake one again written off screen to take time off to heal his neck injury he had previously. People thought that was it for Austin. However, fast forward to next year in 2000, The Rock told DX and McMahon's he was going to make an appearance on SmackDown but no one believed The Rock. Then we see the foam fingers on the bus and a Texas rattlesnake in the locker room and a room full of empty beer cans. And when you put the puzzle together, it equals Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock then comes out and leads them to Austin. He made a statement by crushing the DX Express bus. This is something on special because that puzzle with Austin could be unsolvable for some Aspreys. It's like I say, it's so simple yet so complicated. For example, I can't solve the puzzle of driving. I can't solve it. I mean, it's unsolvable to me because it's constant adjusting and you can't keep changing the pieces so really 
life is a puzzle and there are certain puzzles that are not going to be solved. The next one is what goes up. This is when Brock Lesnar and Big Show had a few and both men fought on an episode of SmackDown. Both men are large and big and in the match there's a spot where Big Show went off the top rope. But Lesnar went on there with him and the ring exploded and collapsed after a superplex. This moment was cool but it took your breath away. This is classic autism because of their anger. When the ring explodes, watch out. So when we explode, watch out. But to me, the biggest thing that will hit me is our certain things. But for me, it's being misunderstood and not being heard. When I'm not hurt or being misunderstood or excluded, I mean, it's internal ring explosion. I mean, I don't scream and go, Rah! I mean, it's not that. I don't do that. It's just, Ugh. you know, it's kind of like that noise. It's just a frustration type. So it's not as bad as it seems where I like, punch people or anything. But it's just a frustration and I've had to deal with that so many times that I guess I'm so used to it that the lava has officially settled down, I guess. And we probably get used to it, so really the lava will settle down for other Aspies too. The next thing I want to talk about from professional wrestling is an international superstar. A superstar that comes to the United States from a different country. Since it's so big and is pretty much aired all over the world, you can expect people from foreign countries will be interested. And WWE also looks for international talent. International superstars are more appealing because of their accent, the way they wrestle, and their culturalistic personalities. Also, just a warning, most of you guys outside of the USA will likely be a heel. It's because of the USA is a small-minded country where you're like, USA, USA, USA. But the cool thing is they come from all over the world, like Mexico, Germany, France, Spain, and many more. For this, I just want to say that if you live in a foreign country and people think you're worthless and cursed because you have a disability, do not give up. I want you to prove to that country why being disabled is not a curse. You are not cursed at all. If you live in a foreign country, they think that, you are totally wrong. If they won't believe you, come to America and it will be a different ball game. The next thing I need to talk about is men of mystery. It is superstars with a mask to hide something or make themselves noticeable. To me, the mask can give a representation to the character. When you think of a masked man, you think mystique or mystery because you do not know what is beneath that mask. It is typically in the lucha libre culture. Sometimes the mask can be haunting though. They typically wear a mask because they are not good looking. However, women wrestlers will probably not wear a mask. This is autism, but for everyone too, because you see everyone shall not wear a mask nor be a pretender. I ask you not to pretend to be someone you are not. This is one I always encourage and I've encouraged in previous episodes too. So really, if you take something from autism rocks and rolls, that is the one lesson I encourage you to take. Because in reality... No one needs to improvise for nothing. They only need to improvise for themselves and be themselves, and that's all you need. Now, for fun, I think we need to talk about the people's eyebrow. It is a signature trait from The Rock that is hard to do. Everyone in the professional wrestling world understands this. If you can duplicate it, then awesome, but you cannot do it as effectively as The Rock. This is odd because there are some hard things that we also do not have to do. Sometimes, as we have to quit and throw in the towel. And believe me, it's not a good feeling. I don't want you to quit. But when we do, it's hard to, and I'm ashamed of when I, or any other good-hearted Aspie, feels really bad about themselves and after they do. Sometimes the support does help, though, and sometimes it does not. I mean, I recently have done a bad, like, mock speech, and it's bothering me to this day. I'm trying to say, like, it's just one speech, but it's not to me. It's like a death sentence to me because I think, well, I just screwed up my motivational speaking career. But it's so hard to accept that I can't go back and change it. I mean, if I would, I could. But don't worry, I'm going to get there, I'm going to move, I'm going to take this experience and find room for improvement like I always do. The next thing I want to talk about is tribute to the troops. WWE has no fear of supporting those who make our country a strong nation. It is never more apparent than when the Army and WWE collaborate with their show, Tribute to the Troops. This is not autism, but I want to thank those who have served our country. Due to you, 
I get to live as a free man, and I am forever grateful. To those who have lost their lives, I salute you. To those living, I say the classic two words, thank you. The next thing is feather boas I have to mention. And no, not boas where you like construct like, oh, do no, not those. I mean, like, boas that, are on your, that you wear with, like, a robe or something. But this has been popularized by Ric Flair. This is going to be part of your ring gear to show elegance. This is a mixed misconception because people think neurotypicals have no class or elegance and cannot behave. You are right and wrong. For Aspies, it is hard to act prim and proper and act all uptight because it looks like you have a needle, in my opinion, up a certain body part. You can probably guess what. I'm not going to say what body part. But even though it is hard for us to act that way, it is possible to act very elegant by dressing up and using the proper manners. I know that there are occasions where, yeah, I'm going to wear a suit and tie. I'm going to have to dress up, wet my hair. I mean, I don't know what that entails, but I know I can do it. But it's not the most ideal thing I want to do. If it was up to me, my nice clothes would be in Hawaii shirt, khaki pants, pinball socks, and tennis shoes. That's what looks good to me. Enough for a dress up event. But I know that that's not possible. I know sometimes that, we gotta get all fancy and all that. I get that. But it's so hard because I feel like I'm restricted. It's like a penguin movement because you can't lift much. You sweat so much. I mean, sometimes dressing up is not possible. And sometimes if it's on the lower end, it could be horrendous if you try to dress us up. The next thing I want to talk about is possibly getting stuck in the ring ropes. It is a time where you get your arms tied between the middle rope and the top rope. This happened to Andre the Giant too many times to count on one finger. The most famous was when Randy Savage got tied up and got bit by Jake the Snake's King Cobra. This is Aspies because sometimes we get twisted up with our thoughts. It, this really happens also with ADHD because you can pay attention to one thing, as I said earlier, and when you get distracted, you just lose every train of thought you had. So really, we really need structure in our lives sometimes to keep our head in the right place so that we don't lose our train of thoughts every time so we don't shift from something to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And the next thing you know, when we're at midnight, oh, poop, I forgot to do that. So really, we just need like a structured, ordered daily routine for the day sometimes or a to-do list in order to know what needs to be accomplished for the day and not lose the train of thought. And then next day, we're like, oh, well, sorry, didn't do it. Now, next we're talking about superstars giving to crowd. It is a time where the wrestlers give something to their crowds to show a sign of gratitude. Bret Hart Rey Mysterio did it with Hart giving his pink sunglasses and Mysterio giving his mask. This is an aspect because when we are given a chance, we are grateful. You gave us something rare, something that does not happen quite often. And that, my friend, is hope. Hope that I'm doing something right. Hope that I get a chance to make a friend. Hope that I have the right social skills. It's just hope. This shows the one word, hope. And you're doing one of my new acronyms, hope. Helping out people exclusively. That's what you're doing when you are doing hope to me. And that, to me, is a beautiful thing about life. Now, in my opinion, we need to talk more about Andre the Giant because he was pre-autism rocks and rolls because he was one of the pioneers of wrestling, but also he had gigantism, but he really didn't let that go down. He just went out there and enjoyed life. And I had to commend Andre because, like me, he not let his disability get in the way of his happiness, and I haven't let my disability get in the way of my happiness either. The next thing I want to tell you is a pre-match warm-up. It is a warm-up where they prepare for the match. They can be physical or mental preparation for a match. This is odd because I have to mental prepare all the time. I mental prepare by listening to music, which is a big one I'll get into more later. But I also mental prepare by staring at the sun, staring at the wall. I prepare just staying there and thinking. Mental preparation helps Aspies because it gives them calm before we have to go in the storm. What I mean is the calm is what happens before the storm. Like when it's just average, 
then we have to do something or really get nervous, like a public speaking, which isn't me, but maybe for someone else or nervous grocery shopping. That's the storm. The storm is what gives us anxiety, really. The storm is hard for people to understand, but my mental preparation does understand me. The people may not, but the mental prep does. And in that moment, sorry, BJ, but they're my best friend because I feel a lot more calm and relaxed. It's nothing against you, buddy. It's just that I have to prepare for the anxiety so that I know what to do when I'm feeling dazzled and frazzled. The next thing is competing against doctor's orders. It is a time where wrestlers compete against the doctor's orders when you cannot go in the ring. You could definitely say sick days do not exist for professional wrestlers. A big time incident of this was when John Cena went against the doctor's orders and fought after two-week elbow surgery. This is an Aspie because this is what we do when we are sick. And C-140, under the weather for more information, but we cannot lay and rest. I know it's good for you, but it is the opposite. I think if you fight, fight the illness by moving along, you are better off because you will get over your illness quicker. To me, I cannot stand against sick. I mean, none of us can, but it's harder for me. I feel like if I move and just forget about it and do the best to move on, I mean, yeah, I tried sleeping and it does help sometimes, I won't lie. But mainly when I move, I can forget about the sick. I mean, I do my best to. If I can just find like a solution that includes popping tissues in the nose or popping cotton balls in the ears or whatever possible unrealistic or realistic solution is, if I move, I know that I'm trying my best and that the illness might go away quicker if I mentally keep going and chucking along. Now, folks, we'll be right back where we need to hear about Perfection Auto Glass and how they can help you out. So take it away. Perfection Autoglass is the largest independent autoglass company in the state of Indiana, serving Bloomington, Fishers, Terre Haute, Greenwood, Anderson, and Muncie. They specialize in all aspects of autoglass repair and replacement on everything from domestic and import vehicles, RVs, heavy trucks, and equipment repairing glass, outside mirrors, windows, regulators, and motors. Perfection Autoglass has trained and certified technicians that recalibrate the camera attached to your windshield to ensure your lane departure warning and ADS safety features are working properly. Their staff has more than 100 years of combined experience and uses only uses the highest quality glass and sealants in the industry. If your windshield or windows are damaged in any way, just have them replaced it or repaired as soon as possible for the safety of you and your loved ones. They offer both in-shop and mobile services as well as same-day service. Perfection Autoglass works directly with all insurance companies and their staff is committed to the highest level of quality service and attention to details that customers have come to expect. They understand that getting your vehicle back on the road as soon as possible is important to you. You can visit them online at perfectionautoglassindiana.com to learn more about their services and for a free quote, which I think is kind of cool by the way, may I add. But anyway, please call Perfection Autoglass for any and all your autoglass needs. Alright folks, they're back, and yes, please check them out because they are perfect. The next thing in professional wrestling is a talk show. It is a mini show on WWE where they talk it out, but they typically end in slugging each other. This is autism because parents, one of the signs they might have if they're neurotypical is they have a monotone voice, or a talk show voice as I like to say. But I say if they do, do not treat as a threat, but as a gift. The voices might lead them into a skill they love. I have, so maybe other autistic people can too. If they got that voice... That voice is something special. Use it to your advantage. I also, now for fun, want to talk about kissing the belt. It is a time where they celebrate by literally kissing the belt. To me, this shows pride and proudness. So you could say if you did not kiss on the first date, you can instead kiss the belt. This is autism because society sees kissing, and I don't like Mysterio did, as a taboo. But I do not agree with society on this. 
I see this as a symbol of celebrating your achievement. And plus, if you do and go to the top of the food chain, then my friend, you deserve to kiss whatever you want. Because my friend, you did it. You can officially say, I made it. I did it. Now give me a kiss because I deserve it. Because I did it. And the kissing of the belt is the pride. This is the kiss of your own thing. It's a kiss of fatality because the kiss has your lips on it and it shows your possession. The next thing is a gang up. When multiple persons pummel one person, that's what a gang up is. It occurs mainly in battle royals where they gang up on a giant. It is described as a testament of cooperation. This is odd just because I will be honest. I could see why you wanted to kill us at the time because we're not cooperating. You're just like, Arr. I mean, I could see that. However, I think society needs to see the better side of the story because to me, there's more good to autism than bad. I mean, yeah, we're going to have our challenges. Yeah, we're going to have our hardships, but there's good to it. There's good. We can cooperate with you. Just may have to, as I say, explain the different path and take it in a different route than what you would usually take. The next thing is fan signs. These are signs that the audience brings to the show as a way to enhance their experience. They could be a term of endearment or a term of insult. This is something on the spectrum because if you talk to Maria Dell and C-150, A Beautiful Mess and A Mother's Journey by Maria Dell, Aspies would rather have experience. It is true because we want to feel it and not just think about it. And if you give us experience, we will find ways to enhance it. I mean, we get experiences like Big Time Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune, Going on America's Got Town, or whatever that experience is, we're going to enhance it. We're going to make it the best thing we can by having fun, and just forgetting about like the stresses of life because that's what we're here to do, I think at least, and we're going to do it because that's our belief. Next thing I'm going to talk about is a professional wrestling tournament. It's your typical sports tournament, but it's professional wrestling. It is a way to boost your ring credibility. This is not autism, but my podcast because it goes back to my disclaimer. I am no expert about autism nor podcasting. And it also goes back to what I said earlier because I want to learn more about the podcast and the media world. I am learning the authentic and raw way with self-experience. So to me, I know I have to do college and all that, but doing it before is better. So really, what I'm doing by running a business at 19 years old is I am boosting my ring credibility. What also must be acknowledged is the referee's strength. A time when the referee steps in the danger zone and tries to back them up in the corner. Sometimes they break up brawls in the locker room. This is also not autism, but the referee's strength reminds me of a teacher trying to break up a fight. So I will take this time to thank all the teachers and educators. As a son of a teacher, I hear the stories my mother goes through, and we need you. You make a difference in most kids. Some teachers did with me. I am forever grateful for the teachers who care. The final thing I want to talk about is the light-up jackets. It is a jacket that lights up with LED technology. It is mainly used by Chris Jericho. You can see him for a mile when that jacket is lit up. Jeff Jarrett also had one. It was not as cool as Jericho's. This is so on special because we like to predict the future. And when we see a situation about a mile away, like we can see Chris Jericho, Aspies feel like it's their job to be the reinforcement and peacefully handle the situation because we don't like conflict or most good-hearted people don't. And, you know, if we see it coming, we'd rather find ways to avoid it by going around, just saying like, okay, this guy's unsure, we're taking a loop around. And just take away to avoid controversy because we... That's the type of people we are. But then sometimes we also see that's not going to work. We're just like, well, this ain't going to work. You better just let them find out and have them deal with their own problems. Because it's not mine. It's theirs, really. And I just want to help. That's all I'm here to do. Well, I think that's all for the part two of the WWE special. And this WWE special shall to be continued. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. 
Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.